Nobody asked you, Kevin! Hey people, welcome back to episode 45 of Nobody Asked You Kevin. And this pandemic is still going on. It is never ending, it seems. Uh, But honestly, I hope it gets better. It will get better eventually. Uh, Just trust me, it's going to get better. But we're in for some changes in the long haul. Uh, I know a lot of us are working from home. I mean, I'm in my sixth week of working from home, and it's been an adjustment. I'll be honest, it's been an adjustment, but now that I'm six weeks into it, I kind of like it, and honestly, I'm not sure how I'll transfer back to the office full-time after this, whatever the Whatever happens after this, I don't know how I'm going to transfer back full-time. I'm now accustomed to working from home. But some of us, like I said, can work from home. On the other hand, many of us cannot work from home. To all those people who are on the front lines of this pandemic, healthcare workers, delivery drivers, food workers, grocery store workers, if you are on the front lines of this pandemic... I salute you. So first off today, I've got a few new music recommendations for you. I'm bringing you three new rock and metal songs that have been released over the last month, so during the pandemic. Uh, New music is something that I always look forward to, and it's helping get me through this pandemic. So the first release I want to talk about just for a second is from a band called From Ashes to New. I've talked about this band before on this podcast. Uh, They released a new song called Panic a couple of days ago, actually. It was just a few days ago. And I've, again, like I said, I've talked about these guys before. I've seen them live a few times now, and they are kick-ass live. They've had a few hit songs over the past three or four years. If you listen to... um, uh, Sirius XM Octane channel. I'm sure you've heard these guys. But go check them out if you haven't heard much of their stuff. Look them up on YouTube. Look them up on iTunes. I'm going to play a clip of Panic right now for you. I'm not going to play the whole song. So here's just a clip from Ashes to News. New song, Panic. Trivium also has released a new song during the pandemic. 
It is titled Amongst the Shadows and the Stones. If you're familiar with Trivium, you know they are a heavy metal band. They've been around for around 20 years, just over 20 years. Uh, the name Trivian is actually used to describe the band's music, as they are a combination of metalcore, melodic death metal, and thrash metal. Uh, their ninth studio album, What the Dead Men Say, is set to be released at the end of this week, April 24th, so in four days it should be released. I've already got this album on pre-order. I was actually hoping to see these guys play here in Indianapolis on July 3rd, but... I'm going to go out on a limb and say it'll be canceled completely due to the Rona. Uh, So let's just play a snippet of Amongst the Shadows and the Stones by Trivium. Finally, the third and last new music recommendation I am giving you tonight is from a hardcore punk band, metalcore band, named Code Orange. They released a new song called Sulphur Surrounding. It was actually released just around a month ago. It was released in March, but I'm going to include it here because it was during the pandemic that they released this music. Um, They also released their fourth studio album titled Underneath last month in March. So let's listen to the song Sulphur Surrounding. I really love this song. I'm going to play a snippet of it. I'm going to play a little bit. So here is Sulphur Surrounding by Code Orange. Like I said, it's always nice when you have new music to listen to. And from now on, for the next several episodes, or however many episodes until the end of the year, or from now on, maybe all episodes, I'm going to try to spotlight a new song, or two, or three songs every episode. So it's just going to be a quick recommendation for you. We'll listen to a snippet of the song, I'll tell you about it for a couple of statements, and then um, we'll move on. But the song may be rock, it might be metal, might be pop, it might be hip-hop. 
but it's going to be a new music recommendation. New music recs are coming for you, so stay tuned for more. But right now, it is time for another edition of Somebody Had to Ask. Six little words that question start with who, what, where, when, how, and why. Question start with these. Step right up and answer all my questions if you please. It's time yet again for another Somebody Had to Ask. I'm doing several of these segments during the pandemic because, well, there are no concerts to go to. There are no movies to go to. Everything's been canceled, unfortunately, or postponed, or will be canceled soon. So, um, like I said, movie theaters are closed. You can't go anywhere. So I'm chatting with a lot of people. I want to welcome tonight Dan Ramirez to the show. So how you doing, Dan? Hey, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I am not too bad. Um, you, you hanging in there during this pandemic? I'm getting by, I think. About as good as anybody can expect, I guess. You know, sort of, sort of sick of looking at the inside of my house and trying to go out when I can without pissing anybody off and doing the whole social, you know, like everyone else, Kevin. I think, uh, what is this now for us? I think it's week four or five. So, truth be told, I'm going a little bit crazy, but... It's good to have things like this to kind of keep my mind off of it and talk to friends online and podcasts, which is what I love to do. So, yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you? you everything good? Your family's good? Yeah, I think we're all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think right now, I think this week is, what, my fifth week working from home and or starting on my fifth week. Yeah. And it's I'm starting to go a little crazy, I think. I... <laughs> I wasn't quite used. To, I mean, I had never I'd worked at home maybe once or twice every so often. But I mean, I work in a lab typically. Yeah, I can't really do a lot of that lab work from home. Can't set your beakers up in your kitchen. Yeah, this ain't Breaking Bad. We ain't making mess in the basement or anything. You're not going to go go uh, buy an, an old RV and go hang out in the desert somewhere? <laughs> I, that would be a lot of fun, though. That would be kind I, of fun. If you do that, let me know. I'll have to join you. Once this all, yeah. once all this is said and done, of course. Yeah, we can get a little partnership going and... I, I, I'm sure we could cook up some real good stuff. No pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just, I, I had to get used to it, but now I think when they, when all of this is, whenever it's over with, if it ever is over with, if we ever get back to whatever we were before, I don't know if I'm going to have an easy time going back to work. Yeah, dude. I, I think this is going to bother a lot of people. I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm able to go to work. I haven't been working as much just because of what I do. They are limiting our, you know, um, I'm in healthcare and they're limiting patient access and whatnot. So I haven't been working as many hours, but I feel for the people that are just home all the time now, such as yourself, when it's your regular thing to be out, it's, it's going to be, it's going to take some getting used to, dude. I wish oh, you yeah. luck. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now, now that I've done it for, I mean, it's, I mean, finishing up five, I mean, four and a half, five weeks now. Yeah, I when they tell me that I need to come back in the office, I, I'm probably going to say no. I don't want to. <laughs> Please don't make me go. Well, that, you know what? Here's something to think about, though. What if through all of this, the the big wigs, if you will, are actually starting to figure out, well, hey, these people can work from home and function. Maybe not yourself, but there are certain people that can completely you know, operate normally from home without having to bring them into work and and. Maybe this is going to, you know, with this new normal that we're going to have, a new economy and whatnot, maybe they're going to sort of, I don't want to say downsize and discourage anyone, but maybe they're going to allow people to stay home, use the, 
use the two offices that are empty as storage or you know what I'm saying? Try to yeah. try to make their try to make their money work for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I my my counterpart, we have two of us that do essentially the same job. My counterpart um, actually works remote from Massachusetts. So um, other than uh, he doesn't do the lab, he doesn't have any lab work and I'm slowly giving away my lab work. So I think within the next six months or whatever, I will have given away all of my lab work and I will probably be pushing for a hundred percent remote work, which I think for me, I think I'll like it. So yeah, I mean, if it works for you, fantastic. I think I'm yeah. hoping maybe other people are feeling that way too. Like, Oh, this is, there's no need to go in. And I don't think anyone's going to really want to go in right away. You know, like, when is it okay to jump back in the water? This is like one big Jaws movie that's happening right now. <laughs> and, when, and when are we going to feel safe to to go back into the water again? You know, like you're a concert guy. So am I, you know that. And it's like, let me ask you a question. Let's just say hypothetically, they opened up the floodgates tomorrow mm-hmm. and you had, I know you had a number of shows that got canceled that you were going to go to, but if they hadn't, would you go? Good question. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I had four or five in April and May so far canceled or post one postponed and four or so canceled. Um, I didn't, I, I even think the ones in July are going to cancel, but if, if they were to not have canceled, I would probably have stayed home. I mean, I would probably get my money refunded somehow or if, if possible and um, stay home. I don't think I'd go. Ticketmaster might beg to differ with you. I don't know if you heard the news. <laughs> I did hear that. I mean, they're they're God, I, I don't know what to I mean, I don't know what to make of the, the ticket situation. I mean, and I, I they've got like there's a Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they just have everybody by the balls. I mean, it, it's insane how much they own the I mean the the scene, the ticket scene. Oh yeah, from the drinks <laughs> to the the merch, everything, man. Yes, yeah, I, I saw that news and I was like, oh. And I they, what if I remember correctly, was it if it's they're only going to refund if it's canceled but not postponed? Yes, if you and, you have to hold on to your postponed ticket and now, but that's the thing. It's like we don't know when this is going to be postponed too. So how do we even know if we're going to be able to go to this thing? I, you know what I look at it as? I think normally, like if let's just say this was a regular old Thursday or Wednesday, whatever, and uh, this wasn't going on is really what I'm getting at. And they were to pull some shit like this. I think it would be a huge backlash for them. But quite honestly, don't get me wrong. I think they do have us by the balls. But I think everyone right now is just trying to – everyone's just trying to keep their head above the water. Everyone's scrambling. They don't know what to do. Rules are changing day by day. And I think people are just trying to figure out a way to keep their businesses afloat. So I'm not necessarily defending Ticketmaster or Live Nation, but I can't really say I blame them right now. I don't know what I would do if I was in charge of all that. Like, how do we keep this this business afloat, you know? Yeah, no, I, it, I, that's right. I mean, it's, I mean, if you were in their position, you'd probably make a decision that was best for the business at hand. So, um, yeah. It's not always I, pretty. No, definitely not. I mean, someone's going to get screwed in the end. I mean, I don't know who it will be, but I mean, someone will be screwed over in the end. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's life in the pandemic, I guess. I mean, and who knows when this stuff is going to, quote unquote, go back to normal. I mean, will we ever reach a normalcy? I don't know. There are a lot, of, know, man. A lot seems, of questions. Yeah, it seems everything's just up in the air right now. And I, it's. 
I can't really see us going back to a full normal. Like handshaking's gone, right? Oh yeah, that's that's no big deal. That was always kind of a weird thing for me anyway. So <laughs> I'm cool with that. But <laughs> I think yeah, we're just gonna start. I mean, from everything. From I mean, I was listening to you talk on Scenic Cast earlier today, and um, you know, you guys were talking about the movie theaters. Will they ever make a comeback? What's going to happen? AMC, like they're, you know, they're in bankruptcy now or they're filing for bankruptcy now. Right. I think that's what's going on with them or they're near it. Yeah, I think AMC's near it. They're potentially there. Yeah, I don't want to start any fires that are already there, but you get what <laughs> I'm saying. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? So this this will be interesting, to say the least. Got to keep everyone's got to keep their heads up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be as positive as possible. Um, I know it's hard for me. A lot of times I will I will get negative Nancy on a lot of things. Oh, so and, will I. And luckily, I have people that are out there that listen and that 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 message me and tell me, "Hey, be positive." Yeah. <laughs> so, let <laughs> I me mean, stop being negative. Just be positive. Quit bitching. Yeah, basically, quit bitching. Stop <laughs> it. Just stop. But yeah, okay. So, so we are here on nobody asked you, Kevin. Um, we are here to do somebody had to ask, and this is where I do. 20 questions with a guest, and tonight you are the guest, Dan Ramirez. I love it, man. And you are from Heroes of Noise, and I you am. are from The Word, and you are you guys have a tremendous podcast over there with you and Steve, um, and I'm a huge fan. Thank you, so, sir. Thank you. Uh, but I want you to take the next few minutes and tell my lovely listeners out there um, who you are, what your fandoms are, your hobbies, your fun facts about you, your deepest, darkest secrets, if you will. Um, anything about you that you want us to know? Hmm. All right. That's good. I like that. It leaves. It's a nice open palette for me, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my name is Dan Ramirez and, uh, you heard it first from Kevin. I do have a podcast with my friend Steve. It's called heroes of noise. And what we are is basically, I always have trouble explaining this because it, what, what was once a purely pop culture related podcast still is. But we've sort of opened it up to kind of whatever. We get very tangential on the show. I think people like that, and I think that's what we feel the most comfortable doing. So whereas we still do a lot of movie reviews, we also incorporate <clears throat> excuse me, we also incorporate a lot of music into it. And we don't really like to have notes. Uh, we you know, I have notes. Uh, my partner Steve doesn't really do so. But it works for us. So we, we like I think it keeps things fresh and it keeps it random. And whereas sometimes we may start off like, hey, today we're talking about A, B and C. We may end up going with like G, X and V or something. You know what I mean? That's just the way the show works. But it works for us. Um, and then, yes, I do have another podcast that's not really going anymore, but it is still up and running. It's regarding the show Preacher on AMC. And uh, you can get that on Hulu. You can rent it anywhere now. But uh, it's called The Word, The Unofficial Preacher Podcast. And we have four seasons of that. We started that back in 2006. So Steve and I, that also has Steve on it. And we've, so we've been recording together since 2006. And we are on our 108th episode coming up. This is the uh, the Hero, Heroes of Noise show. And of course, you're going to be on that one, man. So very yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. I, I love I love talking to you. Had a blast hanging out with you at C two E two. So it was really nice to put the face and the you know the real personality to the to the human form and not just this uh, this avatar, if you will. So it was really cool, man. <laughs> I had a good time hanging out with you. But um, interest. Let's see. Well, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I'm a pretty positive Star Wars fan. I'm not quite hating on the last few <laughs> movies that have come out as much as some, but. I do see your point. In retrospect, I've had a lot of time on my hands, like a lot of people. So I have, you know, I've done some rewatches, particularly with Rise of Skywalker. 
And uh, happy to report I still like the movie, but I really can say that I totally see every single gripe that anyone's ever talked about. You know, it's just um, it's just there. Shit happens. But I love yeah. Star Wars and it was, you know, I needed a little bit of closure. It's not necessarily the closure I got, but I, I'll take it. Um, what else am I into? I'm into horror. Really love horror movies. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not like a horrorophile where I can just sit down and, and break it every single movie down with all the filmmakers and everything. But horror has always been a big part of my life, and even more so since I started podcasting. Love that. Love Shutter. Um, love podcasts in general. Actually, that's another thing that I love listening to. Uh, listen to a lot of the Leftover Army podcasts, but I also will, you know, dive in and out of other ones. Uh, I know that you listen to one called the Rock Candy Podcast. And oh, yeah. that's that's one of my favorite ones I like to listen to. I love music podcasts, basically. I like to um, I guess I don't really go to them for negative stuff. You know what I mean? Podcasts in general. There's enough of it out there. You can turn on the television any time of the day and see that stuff. So I like to kind of that's my my takeaway or that's what takes me away is podcasts. I like to throw them on and just sort of go away and listen to other people talk about things, you know, um, what else? Let's see. Huge music fan. I think you know that. We talk mm-hmm. about it constantly. Uh, I love pretty much all genres. I'm not a huge country person, but I like the old school stuff like Hank Williams and you know Merle Haggard and stuff like that. Sissy, uh, I almost said Sissy Spacek. What I was trying to say was Loretta Lynn. <laughs> but you know, she she played Loretta Lynn, Kevin, and yes. Coal Miner's Daughter. That's where I was going. Yes. Yeah. But other than that, I mean... You know, when things are normal, I go to a job and I, like I said, I'm in healthcare and I'm a pretty dedicated person. I love doing that kind of stuff. And um, I've been doing that for, Jesus, my entire adult life. I've been in healthcare for around 27 years now. So it's uh, something that I really find rewarding. Although these days it's now kind of scary to go into work, you know, <laughs> kind of canary in the coal mine action now. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And I, and I really love doing that. But now with this new normal that we have, I have been home more and I've really just been sitting on my ass way too much and watching tons of stuff to the point where like, I don't even know if half of it's really going in anymore, you know? <laughs> so I, I am a, not to, not to take it back to that because I really think like, yeah, you know, you always have the elephant in the room these days with the coronavirus, but not to take it back to that. But I think that lately everything's just sort of shifted and I'm, I'm trying to find my bearings now and a, a nice balance in life and, you know, movies are still a big part of that. Uh, going to the theater, as in the cinema, was a huge part of my life ever since I was a kid. And I'm having a hard time, like, I'm having withdrawals from the cinema. The whole experience, the smell, the overpri- you know, overpriced me, food. Me too. That That is, I was talking about that yesterday with someone else, and I am having a hard time with that. Yeah. It's very difficult. It really is, man. The two things I love most, you know, for me personally, going to the cinema and going to concerts, and they've both been taken away at the same time. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of struggling to find, a, you know, new hobbies and things like that, but, you know, starting to work out just to kind of keep my, my body going in motion, if you will, during this time. And, um, you know, reading. I started reading again. So that's, that's kind of nice because I do love to read, but I just never had the time. And now I don't have the excuse for that. So reading is another <laughs> thing. I like Stephen King, Stephen King books. Reading Dr. Sleep currently. Ah, okay. What's yeah. your, uh, before we even get to the questions, I'm, I want to ask you this. Uh, sure. What's your favorite Stephen King novel, novella, collection you've ever read? Hmm. You know, it's been a hot minute. I used to be really into it. I was reading like just books back to back back in the day when I was really into Stephen King. But the one that jumps out immediately when you ask me that question is a book that was written under a pseudonym, um, Richard Bachman, and it's called The Bachman Books. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Yep. That is one of my favorites. It's got some of the more darker stories, 
and one in particular called Rage, which oh yeah, which if th- if times were different, basically what Rage is is uh, it's about a shooting in a classroom, a student that just has had his you know has had it and goes off on does a shooting in the classroom and holds his classroom captive. Obviously, these days, this isn't something that anyone wants to see on television or you know promote in the movies or anything like that. But back when I read this, and the world to me was a maybe I was just a I was more sheltered or something like that. But back when I read this, and this just seemed like this is something that was more of a um, I don't want to say fantasy, but a fictitious thing is really what I'm getting at. It seemed like a cool concept. Now, not so much. <laughs> it's actually quite horrific, you know. But you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, I don't want to sound yeah. like a weirdo, but I no, really I, do enjoy that story. I, I no, it, it is a good story. I remember that one, and um, I remember some of the other ones in that novel. Uh, Running I think Man, the, Running Man, the the Long Walk was yes, also the long in walk. that one. Great story. Um, yeah, can't remember. I think there was a fourth, and I can't remember what it is. Shoot. That was probably the one that sucked because I'm having trouble remembering it too. So like uh, Stephen King, you know how Stephen King can get a little wordy sometimes. Oh yeah, and, and I'm thinking maybe that was the one, but um, you know who knows? Maybe it was a, a really good one, and we just both forgot. But <laughs> I, I'd have to say, as far as the collections go, yeah, that one for sure. But I, as far as just a standalone novel, probably going to have to go with The Stand, or perhaps Tommy the Tommy Knockers. I really like that one too. Uh, yeah, those are those are good. I. I I started reading Stephen King when I was oh god it was I moved from Michigan to Indiana the summer before my seventh grade year in school and I didn't know anybody so I went in a small town Indiana and I rode my bike up every day or every a couple of days and got a new Stephen King book and would finish it during the summer and I was in up until ninety two I read through all of his work in the in the course of about two months. Yeah, I can relate, man. I definitely had that summer too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it was interesting, and I became a huge, huge fan ever since. I mean, I, I think he is such a tremendous writer. Um, some of his movies don't, uh, don't really do so well. I mean, yeah, the, the stories kind of sketchy. translate. Yeah, they don't translate as well. But no, I I thoroughly enjoy King's work. Have you seen Doctor Sleep? I have seen Dr. Sleep. What are your thoughts? And I did enjoy it. Um, I have not read Dr. Sleep, though. So I don't know, truthfully, what the differences are between the book and the movie. Well, without spoiling anything, I can at least tell you that the character of Abra in the movie is an African-American girl. And in the uh, book, she's actually, I believe she's like Italian. And she's, I'm not even sure how old she is yet, but I'm thinking, you know, cause I'm, I'm only so far into it and the way that Stephen King tells a story, we're going way back, you know, we're, it's actually a very good condensation. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's very condensed, right? The movie as mm-hmm. opposed to the book. So the way that they do that, they do hit a lot of the points that I'm reading in the book right now. And so far it's pretty much a great match. I do hear that outside of a few little changes like Abra's character or something like that, that it does start to veer off different from the book, or I should say the movie veers off different from the book. And, um, so I can't really report anything just yet, but so far I'm very much into it. I'm liking the way that they're sort of explaining things that I saw in the movie and, and giving a little more context to them. Great. Yeah. I, I really like that movie though. So, so well done. Uh, I mean, as far as yeah. if you're talking Stephen King movies, you know, I got in a conversation with Jake from PCL and Holy shit. Was it you? That we were talking about this not too long ago? 
Maybe it wasn't. I can't I try to remember. I don't think so. I feel bad. I can't. Now I feel bad for the person. Oh, no, it was Neil Tholander. That's who it was. Ah. And, we, and we were talking. Sorry, Neil. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, I was thinking that Dr. Sleep might be like the best Stephen King movie. When I say that, I'm not talking about the story. I was just talking about like the way the movie looks, the acting in it. Mm-hmm. And they shut me down really quickly because I completely forgot about Shawshank Redemption. Oh, you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't forget Shawshank. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I almost said something I probably shouldn't have said. But I'm like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take that one back, guys. I think you went on that one. But there's other ones, too, man. But I'd have to say top five for sure. Yeah, there's also, I mean, like, what, Stand By Me? Stand By Me was the other one that came up. That, I'm that's, like, yep. That's another one I think that gets forgotten a lot. Well, yeah. you know what it is? I think I was, I had, like, horror on the brain. So that's why I, I was just going with the Stephen King horror stuff, and I completely forgot about Shawshank. Yeah, fantastic. And and, and stand by me. I mean, come on. It goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we will jump into these questions because we could talk about this all night. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's um, do it. All right. So somebody had to ask 20 questions. Um, the only rule is you can't answer yes or no. You have to elaborate. And you, you have never seen these questions, correct? No, I have no idea what you're about to ask me. Okay, well, that's good. That's good, because that's the way we like it. That's the truth, um, too, folks. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Question one. Think back to your teenage years. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what did teenage Dan Ramirez have on the walls of his bedroom? Oh, this is easy, man. It was... There, you could not see the white walls that I had in my room because I was a big metalhead back in high school. So it was nothing, and I mean nothing, but Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, Exodus, Testament, Death Angel, uh, Nuclear Assault, Stormtroopers <laughs> of Death, DRI, Minor Threat, started getting a little punk in there too, um, Rich Kids on LSD, uh, all of the three letter bands, GBH, DRI, MDC, you know, all of those, I mean, it oh, was yeah. just wall to wall metal and punk on my, on my, uh, on my walls actually. Yeah. Just, I bought so many magazines back then and I was the kid that was just ripping the pages out and tacking them up to the wall, but there was nothing like that. Nothing else rather, I should say, but, um, just metal on the wall. You have to, I, you know, I'm really sorry. I just came back from a walk. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of winded, man. Cause I did more than I normally do. So I'm over here like stammering over my words. I apologize, but um, oh, no, you are fine. You are fine. Believe me, but um, nothing but metal, dude. Nothing, nothing but metal. Um, when you think back to that day, I mean, those times, um, uh, what did you have a favorite, I mean, metal band, whether it was thrash, whether, I mean, whatever kind of metal it was, um, did you have a, a an absolute favorite band or were you kind of all over the board? Like, like kind of like your, the, the things on your wall, the, the papers on your wall, the pages on your wall, the posters yeah. all over. I mean, it was all over the place metal, but did you have a certain kind of metal? Uh, it was always like thrash metal back in the, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to a time when I'm saying always where I'm thinking like basically 86 to 90, right. And that, you know, it was like pre grunge. So, yeah, I would have to give it to Metallica, man. I'm not a, a big fan of Metallica anymore. I mean, I'm okay with them and everything, but back then, there was nothing better than Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, Kill 'Em All. That was kind of like my that's what I was really into, you know? And of course, I was really into Slayer, uh, particularly like Raining Blood and all that kind of thing, but Oh yeah. But I'd have to give it to Metallica, man. I think that uh, in my room I did the most air guitar and head banging <laughs> to, to Metallica, <laughs> you know, locking the door and make sure my parents don't catch me. They knew I was up to it anyway. You could probably see me. Oh, through yeah. the, 
Dude, you know how you can see the silhouette through the underneath the door? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure they saw me just going to town, man. <laughs> I guess they could have seen worse back in those days. But uh, yeah, so anyway, definitely Metallica. Cool. Up until about Injustice for All, just to put it in perspective. Okay, so 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 what happened with with them around Injustice for All that you, I mean, that you didn't mean? That well, no, actually, I'm sorry. I loved Injustice for All. So it was the Black Album, really, what I was trying to say. I liked everything up till like, oh, up until, okay. Yeah. And what happened with them is Bob Rock, for me. That's what happened with them. I just, I'm not going to shame a band. I mean, obviously, they're, everyone knows Metallica, right? So it's not like I'm saying anything that really means shit. <laughs> but they, um, I just think the production, the way that they, they overproduced things, and um, they went into a direction where, that was clearly right for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't shame a band for wanting to grow, but I think it was just that over polished sound that they had and, mm-hmm. um, more marketing that kind of led to them just constantly being in your face. It's just, it was just a, a, a gen, it was like a, a natural shift. You know, if a band's going to be big, they're going to be big. And, and the way that they came about it, I think, at that time, I was just a little more into the underground stuff or what I thought was underground. I just wanted to not have any sellouts, you know, that kind of thing. It's just <laughs> stupid shit that I would think back then. But, I mean, the Black Album was a fine album. Um, and I listened to it. I liked it. I remember driving to – my buddies and I had this wild idea that we were just going to go in the middle of the night. Uh, I live in Fresno, California. And we were just going to go to Tijuana one night, which is about, I don't know, depending on how fast you drive, five hours, let's say, to get there. <laughs> always a bad decision to go there, by the way <laughs> never <laughs> but, uh, a good decision <laughs> never 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 ever we'd had yeah also that's a whole other story but we we were driving there and they were debuting that album on the radio so that was like a big thing so of course i like that album but for me metallica kind of started falling off when they did load and reload and just the the uncomfortable it was uncomfortable for me to watch i was almost it sounds terrible but i was almost embarrassed for them you know like you're watching something on television and let's say like Michael Scott on The Office and they does something that makes you kind of cringe a little bit. Ooh, you feel embarrassed yeah. for them. I was feeling embarrassed for them because I felt like they were trying to find their identity. You know, the hair got cut. Makeup goes on. Once, and I once, just once the hair gets cut. Yeah, man. I know that's shallow of me, but I just started losing faith in them. And then their sound changed so drastically that I and then, you know, of course, I'm, it's either. OK, do I want to listen to this? And I could continue to listen to this, of course, but here's this band called Alice in Chains, and here's one called Pearl Jam, here's one called Soundgarden and Mud Honey, and all this, the grunge thing happened, and I I just kind of went that way naturally. Yeah, yeah, I I have always been a huge Metallica fan, and Load and Reload just, I don't know, they just bother me. (laughs) Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. I mean, it's it's that transition, I mean, it, it... even, even, I mean, from Injustice for All to Black, the Black album, and then Load, Lurilo, back to back, it's just a less metal, more hard rock type. Bluesy. Yeah. Which, I mean, is good on its own. I mean, I, I'm fine with that on its own, but it sure. just wasn't what I. They were my heroes. Hero. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they were like my heroes, and I was watching my heroes just transform in front of me and not necessarily be what I wanted in a hero, you know, in the first place. So it is what it is, man. They're still doing fine with, (laughs) with or without my uh, endorsement. (laughs) Yeah. They're still, 
they're still making lots of money. Yeah, they they'll be okay. You know, I will give them props though because during all of this. They are doing, you probably are, are well aware of this, but uh, I, I haven't even actually done it yet, but I guess on their website, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if I will, but you can go to their website and I guess they're playing every Monday, they're playing a, a live concert. They're just doing something. Not They're not like, it's not live, but they're no, playing no. all these old performances and stuff just to give you something to take your mind off of it. So I commend them for that. I think that everyone's been super cool about that kind of thing. I've been seeing some super cool, just like Zoom collaborations with different bands and playing like Rush songs or you know, just just jamming in general. And I think that's so cool. Lots of DJ battles and people have been super creative right now. I know it's kind of like drifting off of what we were talking about, but I just think that people have been super creative during this time with you like utilizing social media, which I think is great. I mean, I, I think that's what we need. And I'm glad that people are doing that. I mean, totally. the people that are really talented and the bands out there, musicians out there that can do that sort of thing, do that sort of thing, because I mean, it takes your I mean, it gives you a much needed distraction. For sure. And, and I bet they're itching to get back to doing what they normally do as much as we are itching to get back to seeing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't think there's any doubt that they want to get back out there, whether it's Metallica or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think they they want to. It's just, hey, kind of stuck in a stuck in a hard place right now um, where can't do anything. Um, so kind of make the best of the situation. Totally. And then speaking of that. OK, so. With the pandemic stuff shutting everything down, um, what was the last concert you attended pre-pandemic? I feel quite fortunate, man, because I got to see – I know I'm going to give you three. I got to see Tool twice, which was a real Mm. treat for me because the first time I saw them was the Aftershock Festival, and you're not getting – all of the you got you had lasers and stuff, but you know you've been to a tool store. Yeah, you're not getting the full effect. You're not getting the full effect, right? So I got to see Tool perform in my hometown, and they just knocked it out of the park. But then I got to go to San Francisco. I think this was this was before C2E2. I think this was February 8th when I went. It's a Saturday, and uh, 72 degrees outside. You know, I'm giving you way too much detail, but uh, <laughs> it was at the, it was at the Warfield in San Francisco, and it's a band called Mr. Bungle. I don't know if oh, you're familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar with Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Well, Never Mr. really Bungle. listened to him, but uh-huh. I am familiar with him. Yeah. Well, it was it was and it wasn't. What it was was the three core members of Mr. Bungle got back together and they brought in Scott Ian from Anthrax and Dave Lombardo, formerly of Slayer and Suicidal Tendencies and, you know, go on and on, Phantomus and such. And they played none of their Warner Brothers, all of their, com- you know, their commercially released stuff. They they played none of it, which pissed a lot of people off. It was funny to watch people <laughs> that did. But the thing was, in fairness, they advertised it a bunch. You know what I mean? They said, we are going to play this demo that we made. That's It's a very popular demo in the, in the Bungle community. It's called The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. They recorded this in a shed when they were 16 years old, just learning their instruments. Oh, wow. And heavily into thrash. So what they did was they put on a full-on thrash concert. They didn't play anything off of Warner Brothers, any of their three albums, and they just played what seemed like all new music. Because I always thought, I, I love that. Uh, I, I don't even remember how I came across. Things were a lot harder to come across back in the day, in the 90s. You know, you couldn't just go on Twitter or Reddit or something like that and go, hey, I'm looking for this, and then someone hits you with a DM like within 30 minutes. You had to do a little <laughs> bit of homework. So I ended up finding, it was on cassette, and it was like an originally, well, it was like a dubbed cassette that came from, I think it came from like the first wave of these. In other words, it was like a collector item. And, uh, but it sounded like shit. It was like good music that just sounded terrible because they didn't <laughs> know what they were doing. They were recording everything at high volume, high levels into a four track and just 
it was what it was. I think it became popular because they got popular. You know what I'm saying? It became uh, okay. like this rare gem sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, now they're doing these re-recorded versions of these songs, and they're amazing. They they actually went back. It was so basically what I'm trying to say is that it was so successful. This little tour they did, I think it was like four or five dates. They did maybe it was no, it was six. They did three. Nine, I apologize. Three in Los Angeles, three in New York, and three in San Francisco is exactly what they did. And that's it. They had no other. They didn't go to Europe. They didn't do anything else. But it was so well received that they actually went back immediately after tour and recorded it. So it's going to be coming out sometime in August, provided none of this you know, delays it. But I'm really looking forward to that, man. Because it's. I'm telling you right now, Kevin, it's going to be the best shit that you've heard in a long time. Particularly if you like thrash metal. It's going to blow your mind. Nice. Yes. I, I can't wait. I... I have gone back and listened to a lot of. I mean, now I, I I knew of Mr. Bungle, didn't really listen to a lot of it. I have gone back and listened to everything now that I can, mm-hmm. and I, I I do like a lot of it. I am I am a huge fan of all of their um, uh, uh, studio releases, their albums. Um, Safe to say that it probably challenges you a little bit, though, right? They're all three very different sounding albums. Yes, they are. And- they're obviously not for everyone. The first one sounds a lot like like if you take metal, ska, and circus music. You know? Yes, <laughs> and, and I, lo- I I absolutely adore that. That's, that's my personal awesome. favorite, actually. Yeah, that's the self-titled one, and it's yeah. it just it's fire all the way across. And you then their second some. album is called Disco Volante, which is uh, I believe it's a submarine from Thunderball, the uh, James Bond movie. Little little fun fact there. But that one they went for pure experimental dissonance. And it's a lot of noise, a lot, yes. a lot, a lot of noise. And it took me a while to, to find the groove in that one, too. But I love that. But then they came back and the last one they did was a 99. It was called California. And it was kind of like a uh, they named it California because they've sort of been eternally fighting with Mike Patton. The singer has been fighting with the Red Hot Chili Peppers since like the early 80s, I guess. <laughs> and they made it a point when Californication came out they released it on the same day <laughs> just to piss oh, them off. No. And it pissed off Anthony Kiedis so much. I don't uh, correct me. Someone can correct me if you want to, if you care, but I think it was the download festival and chili peppers refused to play if bungle was on the bill. So they got booted from the bill. So they've been, they're still at war. They still talk shit on each other all the time. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I People just don't know. grow up, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. But that, that last album, I mean, that incorporates a lot of different stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, really that does. is. I mean, then they. I mean, just going back, and I really am a huge fan of that first album. That one is. I mean, <laughs> it just when I first started listening to it, I was like, "What is this?" And then <laughs> yeah, I, and then I was like, "Oh, I do like this a lot." And then I got more and more into it, and I'm like. I I mean I really love this. Yeah, man, it's a it's a gem. It just takes a little bit of. You just have to challenge yourself basically to get through it because it's not. I mean, these days, you know, let's just go back to when it was done. You weren't hearing shit like that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, a, no, com- no, 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 no. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's the the take home is that when this album came out, which I think was like '91. You just yeah, didn't yeah, hear the, music the like first this. first album was 91. Yeah, you didn't hear music like this. So it was, you know, you had to challenge yourself. And luckily they had the fame of Mike Patton 
because he was in Faith No More, and they were really riding a wave at the time. So that's why Warner Brothers was like, "Hey, you know, you want let's make some money off of you. You got a whole other band that we can sell." And I'm really thankful that they did because they just put out some of the most original music to this day. It's still inspiring people. You look at the first album of, say, System of a Down. That album is mm-hmm. heavily inspired by Mr. Bungle. Um, mm-hmm. From the circus music to everything. I mean, they, it, it, there's there's tons of bands out there. Even uh, I can't remember what the name of the band was, but Wes Borland, when um, Limp Biscuit, they were kind of on a hiatus. And he made this album, and it was all weird and trippy experimental. So all these bands, uh, there's another one called Thank You Scientist. Amazing, amazing jazz band that decides to play like progressive music and incorporate jazz into their band. But they do a lot of that dissonant stuff, too. Um, it's all like... It's just all influenced from that. And and Bungle was influenced by a jazz musician in New York by the name of John Zorn. I don't know if you've ever heard John Zorn before. But no, he's this, I have not. He's this, like, I think you could appreciate it, but you would know why I wouldn't just, like, recommend this to everybody. He's got a, um, well, just take that weird, that weirdness about Bungle that might not be for everybody. And that's what he's doing with his jazz. And it's uh, it's pretty huh. brilliant, man. Some of it sounds terrible. I'm going to be really honest with you. Some of it's it's like a you you either love this stuff or you hate it. And I'm not entirely sure which one it is, but I appreciate the talent for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of Mike Patton, and um, uh, are I mean, it sounds. I mean, since you're a huge Mr. Bungle fan, um, are you a bigger Mr. Bungle fan or Faith No More fan? Uh, I would have to say Faith No More. I think that their music hits me. There, you know, it's more emotive. And it's not mm-hmm. about like the first album, you know, of, of Bungle is there's lots of dick jokes and, <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> so Faith No More always took themselves more seriously. They mm-hmm. I'm not saying they were, you know, there's they have songs called like they have one song called Cuckoo for Kaka. So they're obviously not super serious. <laughs> it's a sick ass song, by the way. But um, they just challenge you because they're they were more versatile, like talented, super, super talented musicians and Mr. Bungle. But they're very fixated on doing a lot of jazz and experimental stuff to this day. Whereas you have, you know, um, Mike Borden, who used to play for Ozzy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Billy Gold, who was their driving force. That's the, he is Faith No More. He's their bass player, and he's he's played with bands like I don't know if you've ever heard of Brujeria. That's a metal band. Oh yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's the bass player for Brujeria. Um, but and they're just super super talented. Roddy Bottom has a band called Imperial Team. I don't know if you have ever heard them before, but they just really no music man it's like they studied it and they're really they're just all naturally talented that way so they just put to me they put more emotion to, into their music and they you know they they jump all over the place much like bungle did they jump all over the place but it's more like um traditional music you know what i'm saying they'll do mm-hmm. they'll do like a disco jam they'll do like soul music they'll do like straight up metal they're just all over the place but everything they put out which of course is a matter of opinion but to me it was just it was always gold man i, I have to say I'd have to say that they're probably they're up there. There's just certain bands that I can't rank anymore. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're all like, I appreciate them all for different reasons, but they are definitely one of my favorite bands to this day. Yeah. I, 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 I just never really got into them that much, but I can definitely see um, where I, I do know quite a few songs. It's just, just never really got into them. I feel and you. And I just, I don't know why I kind of, I kind of wonder why I never did. And I, I don't really have a good answer for it, but um, so that was the one of the concerts pre-pandemic. Who are you hoping to see post-pandemic or currently, if if the concert summer concert season does occur, like say 
August, September, mm-hmm. and you were to go. I mean, who's touring then, or who would be touring that you would want to see first? I mean, out of the gate when this thing gets opened up. Well, I was working on tickets for Faith No More. <laughs> they were actually <laughs> they were touring with Corn, and yes. I pretty much had a lock in for some seats for that. Uh, so if that. I don't, I, obviously, it's canceled or postponed. But if that comes back, for sure, I want to see that. Um, I had tickets for Kohi and Cambria to see them in May, and that's not happening. And they're doing what's called a never-ender tour. What that is, mm-hmm. without going throughout the whole Kohi and Cambria story, is they, to every ten, like a ten-year anniversary of their album, they will play that album in its entirety, and they'll tour it. And I was really looking forward to that as their fifth one that they were going to be doing. And I'm bummed, but I've seen them so many times. And like we were saying, you know, when we first started. I'm not even sure if they do start playing, I'm going to go to that one, but I'm not, I haven't yeah. given Ticketmaster says that they want me to have those tickets. So we'll see what happens then. <laughs> and then of course, you know, I just got to see an annual Iron Maiden show and I'll be good to go. I, I don't really have any other shows planned, man. Uh, Twin Temple would be kind of cool to see. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I have actually. Uh, they were playing in Sacramento and well, they're not playing anymore, obviously because, because nothing is Kevin, but they were playing too. <laughs> and one of my best friends lives like, three blocks away. So I don't really want to go, Hey, do you want to go see this band? <laughs> you know, it's hard to sell twin temple. <laughs> to a lot of people. You just have to sort of find twin temple. Go, Oh, this is good. What is this? And then they tell you and you're like, Oh, sorry, technicality. We got you on a technicality. What did it, what twin temple is? And by the way, I don't believe in any of this stuff. I I'm not a religious person or an anti-religious person, but, uh, twin temple is essentially a, it's a two person. Well, it's five piece, but it's two people that are the forefront of the band and they're like, think Amy Winehouse with satanic lyrics and like a full on like King diamond kind of display before the show starts. Like they almost do like this ritual thing. And anyway, it's really hard to sell, but if you don't believe me, check out twin temple, anyone that's interested. And I think you're going to be like crazy surprised at how much, how good this music is. I found this, I was just sitting, matter of fact, it was that Mr. Bungle trip. Uh, the next day I was sitting in a, in a bar trying to like make some sense of my brain again, because I, I, I just, I'm not used to going that hard anymore. You know, And I'm sitting at, <laughs> sitting at this bar and this music comes on and it's just so freaking good. And I'm, I'm totally into it. And then I finally asked. And then when someone explained it to me, I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't think I would have even paid attention to it just because it almost sounds silly in a way. It's just one of those things you have to kind of look look for and uh, get out of your comfort zone and check it out. I promise you, you won't turn into the devil or get possessed by a <laughs> demon or anything like that. You'll just listen to really cool, straight yes. up like doo-wop music. It sounds like Amy Winehouse singing weird satanic lyrics. That's the best way I can put it. Yes, I I, I saw them. Um, I, I didn't see them, but I, I've, I've, I've listened to their music and it's... It's tremendous, I right? Mean, <laughs> it, it totally is. It, it, I don't, I don't know what it, it's just something about. It just reels you in. Mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it. I, I, check them out. Twin Temple rules. It, it is very interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, I have, I have, I had tickets. I still technically, I guess, have tickets to see Corn and Faith No More as well. Uh, they were playing here in Indy. Um, September, mid-September, I think, or supposed to. Maybe you'll luck out. Maybe. We'll see. I was actually going to see Corn more than Faith No More, but um, I'm a huge Corn fan, so... Just promise me you'll get there on time to see Faith No More. Oh, I, I always get there, like, probably like an hour before anything you know, that I nice. need to be. Because I, I hate getting to a show late. 
and I always want to see every single band that I can, uh, especially the bands I've n- I haven't seen before. Right. So you've never seen Corn? Oh, I've seen Corn several times. But you've never seen it's, Faith No More, right? I've never seen Faith No More. Okay. Well, if this happens, I look forward to your report back because I have a feeling your mind will be changed. I it's can't a bold wait. statement. It's a bold statement, but I got a feeling. Oh, I, I think I think it, by the sounds of it, I, I I don't think it's too bold of a statement. <laughs> I'll hook you up with the greatest hits. Sweet. <laughs> so, what is, the, to you, what is the most annoying song in the world? Oh. Big okay. question. Big question. Yeah, yeah. these days especially, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. The and the thing of, is, man, there's so, music these days. Yeah, there's so many songs that I'm sure I would have to count in that I don't even know exist at this point. But... Oh God, that's a good question, dude. That's a very good question. There can it be like old school, and I just haven't like forgiven it yet. Oh, it can be anything. I think the song is called "Don't Stop," and it's by Kesha. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. yes, I know the song. <laughs> they look like Mick Jagger. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cringy, yep. cringy, cringy. <laughs> I think but it I, is called "Don't Stop." Yeah, that one. But I've I've sort of forgiven it at this point. It's just that if you're if pressed like I am right now, of course I want to give you an answer. So that would be my go-to. But damn, there's just a lot of music I hear now, and and I don't know if it's me getting older and experiencing what I hate to consider like a. Uh, like a generation gap or something like that. But there's a lot of like hip hop now that I love hip hop. I'm a, I'm a hip hop head, but I'm mostly like a nineties hip hop. I'm, I'm very into like tribe called quest, Wu-Tang clan stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, with, with a few stragglers here and there over the years, but there's just this like pattern of like mumbly kind of rap that I just don't get. I listen, I like tits and ass just like anyone else. You know what I'm saying? But I just think it's used a little too much in, in music. It doesn't offend me. It just becomes it's sort lazy. of like, yeah, it's lazy. Exactly. It's, it's lazy. It's low hanging fruit. And it becomes like a parody of itself after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. music has to, I, I appreciate a good beat and everything like that, but I'm very dependent on lyrics and lyrics have to stimulate my mind to really affect me. None of this is doing that these days. So maybe that's just an old man in me thing. And, and I'm sorry, Kesha. I know, you know, she'll be listening, Kevin. You know it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Kesha. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Call me. Call me. Yeah. We'll do an interview together or something. But <laughs> I really think you'd be good with Kevin. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm sorry. I guess I'm going to have to go with Kesha. Unless you can remind me of something even worse. Uh, I mean, uh, there's lots of stuff out there. I... Shoot. Don't do the two step, don't all that kind of See, stuff. I, I don't, I don't mind that stuff so much because that's more of a novelty. Exactly. Type. Yeah. I mean, that's a flash in the pan. Right. They're doing that on purpose. That's mm-hmm. not a. I mean, just for uh, the purpose of a dance at a wedding. That's I mean, all it is. Yeah. I mean, Barbie Girl by Aqua back in the day. I mean, the Macarena. I mean, those sort of songs. I mean, those are they have a purpose. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I. It goes, it really goes back to something like, I, I will, I pick on this song all the time. <laughs> it, it's not Maroon 5, so if you're listening, it's, I'm not picking on Maroon 5 and Adam oh, Levine this time. We could spend it's, some time on that. Oh, I could spend a lot of time on that. I, yeah, <laughs> not going to though. Um, but we'll save that for Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Pitbull, in his version of, of, 
Toto's oh, Africa, God. his dear sampling God. of Africa, his redoing of it. I don't even know what you want to call it. His abortion of Africa. Of Af- I don't know what you want to call it. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, it's mangled. Yeah. Mangled's a good word. It is that because we were just watching Aquaman again the other night. And I know how you feel about Aquaman. <laughs> I, I've listened to you talk about how you feel about Aquaman. But I've since forgiven it, though. I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Can't hold grudges. But I just... I, the movie is what the movie is, but when, when in that part of the film, when they take that trip and that song starts playing, I just roll my eyes and I walk out of the room every single time. It was. And I did it bad. again the other night. It was. It was dumb, and I just can't stand it. And to me, that's you're, you, when someone takes a perfect, near perfect, or perfect song, in my opinion, "Africa" by Toto. I, and they do that to it. That just like pisses me off so much, and that is now the most annoying song in the world to me. Yeah. And I. I mean, uh, I. I th- uh, I think just like that, you've taken it, man. I think that one wins for sure because <laughs> it, that's the thing. It's not. It's not just an annoying song on its own. They've taken, like you said, they've taken this perfect song <laughs> and just mangled the shit out of it for the sake of, I don't know what. I I really don't know who thought this was a good idea to do this, but yeah, you win for sure. But <laughs> I got to ask you something, and I know yep. how you feel about this band, but did you hate Weezer's version as much? No, not as much, and that's some that's that's something coming from me because I don't like Weezer at all, at all. And I will say it. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. But fuck Weezer, because <laughs> there it is. That's all I was trying to get out of you. <laughs> I just I can't stand those guys. I don't know, but but their version of Africa on that last album. I don't even know what what album color was it. Teal, aqua. I don't know. I really start losing track after a yeah. while. Yeah. And I, I, that wasn't bad. I, it could have been probably better. I mean, who am I to judge? Because I'm not, I mean, I, I'm learning how to play guitar. That's about it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a musician, but. It's an honest opinion though. Yeah. And there were worse songs on that album that I did not like, especially their version of Paranoid, Sabbath Paranoid. Oh, yeah. Uh, no Scrubs was also a real stinker. Scrubs, yeah. I mean, stuff like that was worse. So, no, I mean, my feelings of Weezer notwithstanding, that was an okay version. So, all right, we're going to get off that topic because uh, that's too uh, negative. <laughs> I was starting to feel your your blood boil through the, the headphones. <laughs> it's getting a little warm over here. Um, All time favorite band or musical act. This might, I mean, follow up just perfectly with what mm. you were talking about just a bit ago. All time favorite band or musical act. Yeah. Any musician, musical act, band, whatever you want to say, your favorite of all time. And then that's, I mean, there could be multiple favorites in different genres, but yeah, man, that one's hard. It's like trying to choose your favorite kid. I've seen, I mean, without exaggeration, close to a thousand shows in my life like dude, I, I i'm not exaggerating there was a point where literally that is all i did and i probably was the most boring boyfriend 
I luckily not that boring because she married me, but like I used to drag her to things she didn't want to go to all the time. I've seen so many bands repeated, you know, multiple times. That's a really hard question, Kevin. Um, you know, a standout performance for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to have to say not necessarily my favorite band, but a performance that completely woke me up and I was like, holy shit, what am I watching right now? I would have to say Rage Against the Machine. And what it was, was uh, they played a place in town. This is before they really got big. And I'm not trying to sound like hipster when I say that. It just was what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. there was this place called the uh, the Cadillac Club. And it held maybe three three to 500 people. And they were bringing in bands like Green Day and oh, White nice. Zombie and Rancid and all these bands. Before they really were big, they were like... It was cool, you know. It was it was a really cool time. Tool. I saw Tool and, and bought a T-shirt from Maynard back in like '92. It was nice. just a very strange vibe. But uh, Rage Against the Machine. I remember they were handing out flyers at our local mall by the food court. You know, <laughs> just like hey, come see our show. <laughs> and we ended up going to the show and watching that amount of. I mean, it was anger, but it was well placed anger, and it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Rage Against Rage Against the Machine before, but you know how they how they operate right so there was a lot of political banter uh a lot of Mm -hmm. eye-opening things that they were saying and then on top of that they're like yeah we're saying this and we're gonna say as much as we want to but let's back it up with what we're about to do right now and they would just murder that little stage and i would have to say as far as like big bands go that is probably the most impressive thing i've seen i've seen huge display you know huge concerts lots of lights if i have to say something modern now i would have to say honestly one of the best performances i've seen in the last i don't know man i mean i'm gonna exclude the foo fighters because they kill it every single time yeah you know what i mean and i really i just i think i would probably end up picking one of their shows like for my all-time favorite but as far as like but that's kind of a given is what i'm getting at but um I was really impressed. I I went to the Blurry Face tour. I took my daughter to that for a 20, 21 oh, Pilots. Oh, for 21 Pilots? And I I was blown away, dude, how good two men can command, like how well they can command an arena. Just two guys. And they had that crowd eating out of the palms of their including me, eating out of the palms of their hands. I like their music. I know some people just that's not their thing, but I do enjoy 21 Pilots. But I have yet to ever see... I mean, we're talking like, and I'm not comparing the bands by any means. I know like if Steve was here, he would just like slap me in the face right now. <laughs> so, and I, seriously, I'm not even comparing these two bands, but they are able to command a, their their fans the way Queen could command, like say Wembley. <laughs> I know, see, and that's why you got to be careful with that. I'm not comparing the two. I will take Queen every single time. You know what I mean? But to watch what I saw happen multiple times, because I saw them a couple times, dude, I've never seen anything like that before. They they have their fans eating out of the palms of their hands. I'll stop there before I get in trouble with people. That's I mean that's the coolest thing though. I mean when you see that, when you see like you said, you see these two guys just command the stage, and they have the entire audience at their beck and call. At I mean just eating out of their hand. I mean it is. I, I've seen that a few different times at some very small shows with some. I mean smaller bands. But they have their huge. They have their own fan base. Mm-hmm. They're not a huge band, but they have their own fan base, and their fan base is loyal as fuck. I mean, yeah, dude, it yep. it it's amazing sometimes what I mean some of these fan bases will do, and it goes a long way. You know, you could tell that a lot of these fans have seen their shows multiple times, so there are mm-hmm. little things that they'll do that they do at every show, but 
I wasn't hip to that yet. So I'm watching like it's like it was like the band, the uh, fans were choreographed, too, in a way. And it was just like uh, there's just one part. They have a song called um, I think it's called Lane Boy. Yeah, it's called Lane Boy. It's on Blurry Face. And if you've ever seen the video, they do this at every concert and it's so fucking cool. But they basically get every, it's the song starts to break down. Right. And you can start to hear like this kind of like an EDM beat going on in the background. And okay. they get ev- they get everyone on there, like just everyone get low, get as low as you can. They get uh. the entire crowd to get low. And as soon as it kicks back in, everyone starts jumping up and stuff. And you should check out that video for Lane Boy. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's, oh, it's I'll, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll it's really, out. really cool, man. And I was just blown away by that. So, yeah, I got to give it up to 21 Pilots, too. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I that's one band I haven't seen. And oh, do it. I know my cousin, I'm my cousin, my nephew has seen them, and my my sister they went, but I they passed through here. Not, I mean, this past year, I think I just didn't see them. Never was the biggest fan, but hey, I'll check them out next time they come through. Do yourself a favor, man. I promise you'll, you'll, oh, yeah, even if you're not like completely into their music, you'll appreciate what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. All right, so I think it's, I, I mean, we're roughly the same age. Roughly. I, mean, I like that. I'll take it. <laughs> I think we are. I mean, you might be a little older than me, but I think we're pretty much in the same category. Yeah. Um, I, we're distinguished I, gentlemen. <laughs> we grew up in the, the, the time of the music video. Oh, yes. What, yeah. What? And, and of course, now is not the time of the music video. No, no. I saw what? that you had actually kind of put I didn't comment on anything because I wanted to keep everything fresh talking to you today. But I saw that that was on your mind earlier. Yeah, that, and that's where this question comes from. Um, uh, what, thinking back, what is the coolest music video you've ever seen or you can think of? Wow. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be like the best. I mean, it could have been, I mean, just, I mean, well, we are, out we there are, at the time. Yeah. Well, we have to give it up to Thriller, right? I mean, that was a huge event. Go, you know, like, do you remember? This is where we're going to tell how old we are. Do you remember watching MTV and seeing like the hey this this Monday at 3 p.m. we're gonna we're gonna debut this new video and it was like a, it was like a thing, you know it was like like I was running my ass home from school to get <laughs> to get to the television so I could watch the the world premiere of a new video or something like that. Back then, oh, yeah. they marketed that shit brilliantly. Oh yeah, you know, MTV was running things back then. And. Yeah. They played music and yeah, they played they, videos. <laughs> yeah, but but not only did they play these videos, it wasn't – I mean, sometimes they were, obviously, where it was just like a band in a room. But I liked it when they started theming the videos, and the videos told a story. You know, they take you the, through the lyrics, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that's gone now, unfortunately. I mean, you still see – you know, you have, to, you have to find it on YouTube now. And some people are still quite creative. And I'm going to answer your question, but I miss that a lot. But let's see. A video that really just – you know, one that um, I'm going way back and it, like you said, it's not like the best video, but it's something that constantly sticks in my head. And I'm probably going to change my answer if you were to ask me this question tomorrow. But I don't know if you've ever seen the video for Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Yep. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, man. That was that was I wasn't Mike Muir or anything like that when I was a teenager. But that video, I was like, oh, this is real. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I realize it's a <laughs> scripted video and I realize there's actors in it and everything like that. And they weren't trying to go for like, like reality. But the shit he was talking about was very real mm-hmm. at the time, you know, and it was just it was angry punk stuff. And and that video hit me hard, man, because it was just like like it turned me on to that kind of music. Suicidal Tendencies was definitely was like the gateway drug for me. So. 
yeah, I, I hold that video in high regard. It's not like the uh, the best video you'll ever see, but there was just something so real about it that it totally drug me in and like made me want to really look into a certain genre of music. You know what I mean? And take a deep dive. Oh yeah, that that song. I mean that. I didn't. I wasn't. I mean that what came out in what? Guy, I had to have been what eighty two, eighty three. I'm, I'm thinking eighty two or eighty three. Yeah. And, and I mean I. I was born in 81, so, I mean, I wasn't um, that old. <laughs> but, uh, well, I am, Kevin, and I don't like your tone. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but no, that, that video, I mean, it is a tremendous video for what it is. And, I mean, it is, it is an original video. I mean, it is something that, um, it, and it's not... Like it's a high budget production. No, not at all. I mean, it's not like it's a November Rain or something. Guns and Roses. No, they probably knocked this out in a day for what a thousand bucks or something back then. You know, it probably wasn't very expensive to do unless you're counting equipment and stuff. But yeah, I imagine it was super low budget. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, stuff like that is what I love too. I mean, where it just it's just done. I mean, it's it's not it's not a high budget production. It's not it's not a movie video i mean it's but it's telling a story totally but on the flip though i was you know obviously i'm going to change my answer if i think about it more and more but then you get something like beastie boys sabotage oh now you're that's a fucking video right there. that's just cool yeah you know it's a total ode to like 70s cop shows and it's like streets of san francisco kind of stuff where you see the car going over a hill and getting some air and coming down with sparks and you know it was like an action <laughs> video man it was super cool and i love the beastie boys i was a huge fan of the beastie boys so yeah that you know there was just, it just depends like i liked a lot of different videos for different reasons yeah yeah i'm i'm a big fan of uh these days there's a band called gunship they're kind I'm of a not a familiar with them british synthwave band um, I think they they formed in the mid 2010s, but all of their all of their music videos they're all animated, and they all tell a different story. And they have a couple of really nice ones that are. Um, it's really difficult to say, but they're all different. And there's a couple of them that that are truly, I think, works of art. I mean, they're really. They've only put out two albums. Some of their music videos are just so tremendous. So, I mean, they're I mean they're pieces of art. I think it's it's I mean, one might be stop motion and the other one's like hand drawn animation, and they put a lot of work into their into their their videos in a time that really a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's uh, they get a little lazy these days, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are very comfortable and it's fine if that's what you want to do. But I think they're they're comfortable renting out a warehouse, putting a few lights up and standing and, you know, either well behind their instrument and just playing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's that's, that's oh, good yeah. enough for them. And that's fine. But I do like the effort that a lot of these bands put in. I mean, like I said, they're out there. You have to find them now. But when they were just being served up to you on a plate every on the hour. And you could watch it multiple times an hour, man. Those, those yeah. I miss MTV so much, man. I feel like it's, I feel like the world's not 
as good of a place without MTV, that form of MTV. I don't I, give a shit about road rules and the real world and all that stuff that, you know, teen mom and all that garbage well, that, that came was out the back downfall. Then. I mean, that for that's sure when it was. things started going downhill is when they started introducing. I mean, the real world, I can't even say it, the real world itself is a, a great concept. Sure. But then it merged into kind of morphed into those road rules and those challenge TV shows. And then you get into the true reality TV shows as in teen mom type stuff. And yeah, I, uh, it created, would you agree with me that for it more or less created reality TV? Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I would definitely read the real world was, I mean, probably the first reality TV show. Yeah, and it was good, good shit when we first started watching it because we hadn't seen anything like that before. Well, and I think they aired a lot of the good stuff too. I mean, of course. I mean, now, I mean, you you, you put that type of show and they're creating, I mean, they're creating um, tension, they're creating um, uh, problems, and they're trying to get people to fight. And, right. I mean, back then it was, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think it was kind of a, Hey, we're going to film you, and whatever happens, happens. But we're not going to create, we're not going to create these problems. We're just going to film, and whatever happens, does happen. And I'm sure to a degree that's true, you know. But you have to imagine the producers even back then were like, okay, well, they've just been sort of sitting on their asses for the last three days, you know. <laughs> like maybe we need to drop something in, yeah, all I like happening in the wood style, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get get things going again because we have a show to do. I, I could imagine them doing that. But, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. But I mean, I think that there's definitely truth to what you're saying. I think nowadays it's pretty much 100% scripted. It's a scripted, yeah. a non-scripted scripted show. I guess you could say. You know, this is the this is what we're going for, guys. Now do your thing. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the case back then. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you could rid this planet Earth of any sort of musical act or band. Boom, they no longer exist. Who would it be? Ooh, that's just mean, Kevin. It I is like mean. It, it I is like mean. It. <laughs> it definitely is mean, but some people deserve it. Mm. I'm one of those people. There are people that deserve it. Yeah, no, definitely. There's some uh, deserving. Uh, okay, well, can I just make it really easy? Like, yeah. I think, yeah, let's let's take out Bad Baby. She doesn't need to be there. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? If I'm going to start at the bottom, I might as well go to the very bottom. And I'm, let's just knock out Bad Baby out of that situation. I don't know if it's really going to do anything to improve the world, but at least we know she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even know who that is. You don't? No. Yes, you do. I bet you you do. I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch Me Outside. Oh, oh the Catch Me Outside girl. That's the Catch Me Outside How about girl. That? Yeah, exactly. Uh, How about that? Like, she's not doing yeah. anything. Like, you know I didn't what? know Whether she had she, a name. Dude, if she, it's bad baby. Yeah, I shouldn't know that, but for some reason I do. But, you know, not to be mean, because <laughs> we're, already, we're already there, but, like, if she stopped today, no one would notice. If she kept going today, no one would notice. But if you're going to ask me a question like that, yeah, I'm going to have to take someone out. Like, I'm going to have to take her out for sure. Now, bigger bands, let's make it interesting. Um, cause you know, if you didn't know who bad baby was, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know either. And quite honestly, I don't even know her music. She just bugs the shit out of me. I didn't even know she w- did music. I just yeah. thought she was some sort of internet phenomenon from Dr. Phil. I don't hate her. I just hate her mom. Cause her mom's, you know, her mom's in charge of all of this, man. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those. Oh yeah. Those, 
total train wreck managers that are just going to, they're going to make money and, and, uh, you know, buy the house and then they're done. But let's see. Hmm. Who really gets on my nerves these days? <laughs> I don't know if I could answer that. So like, is this, you're talking about like a brand, like a new band that's out right now or just um, any band. I mean, any it band could in be, existence could be anything. Sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, anything. All right. Uh, I hate to turn this on you, but would you mind telling me who yours is? I'm, I'm, this is a really good question. I want to give it a little bit of thought. Oh, man. Yeah. The, I mean, outside of the typical Weezers and um, I, uh, Maroon 5s and those sort of things that I just can't stand, um, I would probably have to say someone like um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's or, a really good one. Or I think... Um, this came up in conversation the other night, um, but U2. Um, There's a uh, lot of hate for U2. I yeah, did not I, know that everyone hated U2 like this. There is a lot of hate, and it's not just because they forced some stupid album onto someone's phone. I mean, it's, I just can't stand Bono. Is this I mean, U2 might, all the way across? Sorry to interrupt you. Like, Are you talking about from day one? No. I think everything after Joshua Tree. Fair enough. Yeah, I went a little bit further. I actually saw them on their, what was it called? Uh, the one with Beautiful Day. I think it was like How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Oh, yeah, yeah. But well, only because I, guess... I really wanted to say, it wasn't so much that I liked that album. I just had really, I'd always heard that they put on a great show. And they do. They put on a fantastic show. But I totally get it about Bono. And, you know, maybe, it, even though it's not so much the case these days, I think he might have suffered from that overexposure kind of thing you know what yeah. i mean he was just everywhere for a while and, he, and he's kind of annoying so i don't know if that that helped or hurt you two but that's a really good one kevin yeah you two's kind of bad now very bad now yeah i though now that you bring up that album how to dismantle an atomic bomb because that was uh what was on there um vertigo and there was something else around that time period. I'm actually going there now because I'm starting to wonder if I gave you the wrong. Like, again, I'm, I'm not a humongous U2 fan. So I think Vertigo was on that album. And that's why I um, feel like I gave you the wrong name of the band. But it was like either that. One, oh, no, no, no. I apologize, man. It's all that you can't leave behind. That's the uh, that's that the, I pretty much stopped. Beautiful on. day. Yes. Um, shoot. Elevation's a song I'm thinking of, too. Yes. Uh, Stuck in a moment. You can't get out was another one. Walk on yeah. was a big one from that one. OK, it, I like know, a couple of those songs. Well, OK, I got to tell you that tour. Not that you asked me this, of course, but. I saw that tour and I think that it really meant that album meant a lot to me at the time because I saw it a month after 9-11. Oh, and, um, okay. So the whole world, much like now, the whole world was very different. Um, we were we were more unified with each other. I think that we were all more emotional at that time. And U2 is very good at bringing that out. They're like the Barbara Walters of rock and roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they just know how to bring that shit out. But the thing that really got me on that tour was, you know, whether you like Bono or not, he can he can talk. He can say some things and get his point across pretty well. But what really got me was they were playing that song Walk On. And in the background, they were throwing up uh, all the names of everyone that had just died. Oh, yeah. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house, man. It was a very – I mean, I, literally right now, Kevin, I have chills. Like my the, the hair on my arms just stood up. That's how awesome of a moment that concert – That that's – the whole experience was amazing, but um, that was a super awesome moment that I don't think I'll ever forget in my life. So I got to yeah, give that's... it to you too, man. Just I got to give him. I at least have to give him that, you know. 
but red hot chili pepper. Sorry to go back to what we, your original question was. Uh, that was a, literally what I was going to say, and I didn't want to sound mean. But yes, let's <laughs> let's let's get rid of the red hot chili peppers. I t- but to be fair, loved them all the way up until Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and then just couldn't hang anymore. Yeah, I there's just something about Anthony Kiedis' voice that I can't stand. It's 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 similar to Dave Matthews. I think it's just the way he sings. Um that I can't stand. I can't stand Dave Matthews voice when they, when he's singing, I can't stand Anthony Kiedis singing. And it's just something that kind of grates on my nerves. I hear you dude. But I, I, again, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to change my answer one final time and yeah. the bands that's already come up, but I am dead ass serious. When I say this, I think we need to rid the world of Adam Levine. <laughs> we, you know what? Let's keep Maroon five around. Let's keep the band around, but let's get rid of Adam Levine and see, let's see if we can start from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? And let's make, let's do, you know, let's, let's take a negative and turn it into a positive is what I'm saying, Kevin. Let's Definitely make Maroon five. Great again. Yes. Let's turn it into Maroon six. I don't give a shit, but <laughs> Levine's got to go. And that is my final answer. Oh, uh, I, 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 I don't know what it is about. I mean, some of their, their songs are poppy. I mean, they're great. I mean, they're good pop songs. I mean, I don't know. I I just can't stand him. Yeah, and this is just my like. This is my reason why his voice is fine. I don't really care for his voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something I I I did like their first album. There's a few songs that I was like, okay, these guys have set themselves apart a little bit. They they got noticed. It is the continuous overexposure of Adam Levine. It's a little better these days, but let's say maybe two three years ago. You couldn't go into a store or turn on the television, anything without seeing Adam Levine. Super Bowl, whatever. There, there he is again, and that just drove me crazy. Much like it did with uh, Black Eyed Peas. There was just a point in time where, like, yeah, they're cool. I can, I can get down with them. And then you just couldn't stop seeing Fergie and Will I Am everywhere. And I think the overexposure is what killed it for me. Yeah, no, I could, I could see that. I mean, uh, Fergie and Will I Am everywhere. Yeah, you know, everywhere. Uh, I got a feeling. How many times did you hear that? <laughs> right? Okay. God, I wish I'd never hear that song again. I got a feeling I'm going to lose my fucking mind if you play this song one more time. <laughs> that's, that's my feeling. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, speaking of, of, of songs that get stuck in your head, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite 90s jam? 90s jam. Yeah, dude. And I think you were there to watch me experience this. I think you were there. Wait, was it Sunday? You were there at C2E2 one Sunday. Did you go to the boys? Yeah, I went to the boys. Then it's wannabe, baby. That's my... Oh, that's a good... <laughs> I don't give a shit. I have no shame in my game about it whatsoever. I love wannabe by Spice Girls. And there's nothing that anyone can say to sway me. Hey, I I am a fan. I owned that first album. I did too. I admit it. I, I bought that with my own money. And I... Probably it's probably still floating around here somewhere. If I had to guess, I'm not sure I purchased it, but I owned it. Oh, I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> you were there, like uh, I, this is for I, my sister. I, I got <laughs> no. I probably said no. I I'm buying this for myself. There I, you go. Stand there's, up because there's price. a song on an album that I really love still to this day, and I listen to it all the time. It's uh, a, slow or fast? I uh, it's I guess I mean it's not as fast as Wannabe. Is it was it a one that they they played on the radio? Yeah. Yeah, you'll be there. Yes, there's that's that. That's your jam. Huh? And then my <laughs> that's my first song off that one. And then there's there's a second song off that album that I really love as well. I'm going to go stop. No, not stop. I should really not know this many songs. That's funny. 
It's not, not even stop. Uh, well, now you're going to make me pull it up because now I got to guess. Don't tell me. I won't be long. <laughs> oh, I won't tell you. I'm, you're going to you're going to guess. But it was on the radio. No, it was not on the. I never heard it on the radio. OK, I think it was I think it was a, a single maybe, but maybe I, I don't know. I can't remember. You know, I'm going to tap out, but my last guess will be a uh, love thing. No. What is who do, you, who do you think you are? OK. All right. All right. I had that one. I was looking at the whole tracks. So I'm like, maybe, maybe he's a, a love thing guy. He's either a love thing guy or who do you think you are? I was wrong. It's okay. We can't always. Yeah, be I, I am. I am. I'm still rock those songs to this day. I love it. You know, what I love about you, man, is that you don't give a fuck. You're going to like what you like. And <laughs> no, seriously, I mean that in the best way possible. Like, I love that about you because there are people, including myself sometimes where it's like, like I'm the guy that'll have a jam that I really like some radio song. That's maybe not real, um, highly regarded you know what i mean or it's like sort of mm-hmm. looked down on or whatever what have you and i'll just be singing the shit out in my car but if i get to the stoplight and there's someone next to me i stop oh i, I don't you would yeah you I wouldn't stop, stop would you that's my stop. man good job i was was a earlier well before pre-pandemic stuff yeah it was a nice it was actually a decent day out and i was with the kid and we were in traffic and whitney houston's or not whitney houston Paul Abdul's uh, straight up came on the radio. Oh yeah, and I was singing it at the top of my lungs. Is that your '90s jam? No, it's not actually. '90s jam. It's not my 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 jam is um, "No Diggity" by Blackstreet. Oh, uh, yours is better than mine, but I'm still rocking Spice Girls. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, yeah, no I Diggity was dope. Spice Girls too. I I am I'm a fan. So um, you know what's weird is. That I, I am familiar with a lot of that music, like particularly that genre, like you're saying, like No Diggity and all that, all those type of bands, uh, Belle Biv DuVoe, mm-hmm. all of that. But those were songs that back then I considered like what I was talking about. They were like closet songs. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was I was too busy listening to grunge and other kinds of hip hop uh, and trying. But it was like a total attempt to be cool and not let anyone know that I had that that side. You know what I'm saying? So. I liked all those too, but I think I spent more time trying to uphold the image. So I did miss out on a lot of that. Like there's people start talking about that, that genre of music or that era. And I tend to back off sometimes because I'm not as familiar with it as I am a lot of other stuff. Ah. All right. So kind of switching gears now, Let's do well, it. maybe, maybe, um, if you could sit down with one person, they can be living, they can be dead. You can sit down with them for a good drink, a good meal, and a good discussion. Who would you choose? Yeah, unfortunately, it's not changing anything, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you might be able to guess this one, but for me, it would be Dave Grohl. Oh, I have yeah. been I've been a massive Dave Grohl fan since well, since Nirvana. And when Nirvana came out, I was like, I've always had this opinion too. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kurt Cobain, but. I always had the feeling like, you know what? These songs probably would have been popular, but they wouldn't have been as popular without Dave Grohl. I'm sorry. There's just something about that woke me the fuck up the first time I heard it. You know what I mean? That's not even anything really. But but he knew how to – you know what I'm talking about. You're you're a Dave Grohl fan yourself. I think that I could totally pick that that guy's brain to the point of just being completely annoying. That's the only thing. Like I would I would have to keep my cool hanging out with him because I have so much respect for him musically. I think he, you know, as far as the image that he projects just to the public, he seems like an outstanding dude. 
Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like just, just a good guy all around, not afraid to have some beers and get a little stupid and crack, you know, inappropriate jokes and, you know, say fuck at the wrong time, that kind of thing. But, <laughs> you know, and he just, he's just like an all time lover of rock and roll. Like you, you see it. If you go to a Foo Fighters show, you just see it in the songs that they cover. And it's not just all rock and roll. Like he's, he's all over the place. You know, I would really like to know what his inf- early, and I'm not talking about like going to like say Kerrang magazine or something and pulling up an old Dave Grohl article and reading what his influences were. I would like to really break down and talk about, yeah, you grew up in DC and you were going to these shows like the bad brains and minor threat stuff. Tell me about that, man. I want to know that. And again, I could probably go to YouTube or any place else and find it, but I want to have my own conversation about this kind of stuff with this dude. You know what I mean? What inspired you to become a drummer? Can you please teach me some of this shit? Like, <laughs> you know, like, why are you so damn funny? I don't know. I, I I think I would completely fanboy out talking to him. In fact, it's sort of been road tested already because Uh-oh. Um, I've told this story before. So stop me if you've heard it. But it, it wasn't really him. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the I'm giving you the spoilers right away. We were at Universal Studios in California and we were doing the city walk thing. And it was my family, my parents, uh, my wife. And I, I think my kid at the time, he was really young, but we all went to this teppanyaki restaurant, excuse me, a sushi restaurant. And we're sitting there and we're, we're having dinner. And this dude walks in with his significant other date, what have you. And I swear to God, I am really good at be able to like tell like, like that's not this person or, you know what I mean? Like you can just tell a lot of times there's a guy that walked <laughs> in and he had an, there's no way that he wasn't intentionally doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But he, because he, someone probably told him, hey, you look like Dave Grohl. Hey, I'm going to run with it and I'm going to grow the same beard, have the same hair, dress the same way, everything. And if this was just some weird coincidence, then I guess more power to the guy. But he walked in, sat right next to us. And at the time, there was, the internet wasn't really around that much. So you didn't really see a lot of FaceTime with Dave Grohl. You just saw his face and you heard him sing. And that was kind of it, unless you saw him on MTV talking or something like that. But, Dude sat down, same mannerisms, everything. And I'm like starting to freak out. I'm like, holy shit. It's <laughs> fucking Dave Grohl sitting right next. I'm like sitting right next to me and I am losing my shit. And I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I'm like elbowing. I'm like, hey, is Dave Grohl over here? Like, don't, no, 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 But you know, <laughs> is it Dave Grohl? <laughs> my sister was there. She didn't know really, really know who he, and she knew who he was, but she couldn't tell either way. And, uh, but I'm like fully convinced at this point that I'm sitting next to Dave Grohl and I'm like, should I talk to him? What do I do? Do No, 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 don't, don't, don't talk to him. Don't, you know, like, don't look at him. Oh, he's looking this way. Just all that shit freaking out. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, Chris is date. Said something. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, the bubble just burst. But I swear to you, this dude was a fucking doppelganger. There was, it's not like you kind of resemble Dave Grohl. I'm talking the big teeth. No offense, Dave, just, everything the way that his mouth was formed i was bugging out dude i thought i was right there in front of my hero but nope nope lost oh. my shit for no reason whatsoever <laughs> yeah he that guy knew what he was doing there's no doubt there's no doubt in my mind yeah he wanted to look like and it probably worked for him i mean his date was very attractive you know what i mean so he's probably <laughs> at, the, at that time he was probably working I, there are people that do that they'll kind of uh assume the role I've seen some really funny pictures of people that are doing that shit on purpose too, and like fooling people. Like you'll see them oh, on Reddit. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen. <laughs> Here some I am with Keanu things. Reeves, or you know whatever. <laughs> those are some hilarious pictures, man. And I probably would have been one of those dorks that have been this time. Look at me. <laughs> All right. So some actors, musicians, I mean, people that are in the public spotlight have done some very heinous things. Yeah. Very terrible things. Mm-hmm. Or have been accused of doing very terrible things. Um, so. 
like think Michael Jackson. Okay. Okay. I mean, whether he did that stuff or not, I don't know. You know, was it proven? I don't know. There's a lot of people on both sides that think whatever. Um, how do you personally separate the music from the person, the the behavior from the person? Um, how do you how do you because there's a lot of people that say, hey, don't listen to Michael Jackson. You're aiding what yeah, happened. You, yeah, you're like that's cancel culture kind of stuff. Yes. Right? I mean, how do you separate you personally, how do you separate the behavior from liking the music or liking the acting or whatever it might be? That's a fantastic question. It's something that I've talked about often with other, you know, just various people, because I don't know if there's a, a true answer to that. Like, I don't know if what I'm doing is correct or I'm just feeling it's correct for the purpose of wanting to enjoy some kind of form of art. You know what I mean? Um, Michael Jackson, let's just take him for instance. I, there's nothing legal saying that he he's never been proven guilty. So, yes, you've seen stories, you've seen documentaries, and you've heard people come out and stuff like that. And I tend to believe people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, perception is truth, right? So I, I tend to – you can always tell when there's someone that's going to be a scammer and stuff like that. But, you know, just my own take on, say, Michael Jackson, I don't think he was all there. I do think he probably had some issues. But his music – a lot of it. I there are you know much bigger Michael Jackson fans than myself, but I, I'm a, I'm a true fan. I would say, uh, I <laughs> it's probably not the best answer, but sometimes I just have to like decompartmentalize it. You know what I mean? Or compartmentalize rather. I have to mm-hmm. just put it in a box and just listen to the music for what it is. Don't read into the lyrics. Don't anything. Just like, does this music make me move? Do I like it? Do the hair stand up on my arm? I don't know about you, but that's a big thing for me with music. Like that's how I judge good music a lot of times. Is can it? Make, I don't know if you have this this uh, this thing, but certain notes will be hit or certain choruses will be sung, whatever. And my hair stands up on my arms. It's oh really yeah, that's a yeah. big thing. So I judge music off of that. Does that do that to me? And there are certain songs that do that to me with Michael Jackson, but I don't know if I could truly give you a, an answer on on how it like. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sleeping well at night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the music didn't do the things that that uh, he's been charged with or allegedly have done. So with him, I, I tend to go that route. Uh, if you're talking, say, comedians, <laughs> that's 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 another hairy subject. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, for instance, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest all time stand up performance, though he was seated most of the time would be Bill Cosby's himself. It's called Bill Cosby himself. Mm-hmm. And it came yep. on HBO and it's a fantastic, fantastic piece of comedy, but he's also a super terrible person. And it has been in fact proven. And he is now in jail serving said time. And I can't bring myself to celebrate that anymore. So I That's think, right. I think for me, it, you know, it, wrong or right. I think it has to do with, are they behind bars or was the scandal, the case, the, the, you know what I mean? Their court case, whatever. Was it just so outrageous? Like say someone like, um, like, I don't think I would be listening to OJ Simpson if he had an album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you get my point? Do you feel where, where I'm point, coming yeah. from? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go out and buy the new Weinstein joint if it was dropping tomorrow. But, <laughs> but so I, I am selective and I don't entirely know why that is something that has come up on heroes of noise several times because Steve feels the same way. He loves Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And and I think 
matter of fact, I'm sure we've said it on, on the show before that sometimes you just sort of have to compartmentalize things and, and make your own call. Maybe we're not promoting Michael Jackson, but you can kind of groove to it in your own time, if that makes any yep. sense. I don't know if I really have an answer for you other than that. No, that's a good answer because that's, I mean, honestly, that's what I do. I, I, you just have to kind of, I'm here for the music. I'm here for, I mean, if it's a sports, if it's an athlete, I mean, take, for example, Kobe Bryant or someone. I mean, he's obviously dead now. He's deceased. He passed away not too long ago in a tragic helicopter accident. But he did have his legal issues, and he was involved in a rape sexual assault trial. Right. I mean, so, I mean, he has that history. He has his own subset of fans, and some of a lot of people really loved him no matter what happened. A lot of people really hated him because of that trial. And I was always a fan, but I, I look, I'm, I'm just there. He could be the worst human being in the world. I am judging you on your basketball talent and your ability. Right. What you're so bringing like, to the table as far yes. as my entertainment goes. I mean, Michael Jackson, I'm here to listen to your music. You got other stuff going on. Okay, I understand that. Terrible human being. But you put out some really great music. I mean, yeah. I that's probably it's short I'm sure it's short sighted. I'm sure it's probably the wrong way to go about it sometimes, but I mean pretty much all of our faves in life are problematic in some form, especially with I mean, you you, you brought up cancel culture and all of that. I mean, you could probably find something on everyone. For now, sure. There's, there's a lot of people that are really terrible people that'll be easy to find something on. Um, but it, it's just, I, I try to, cart compartmentalize is probably the right word. I mean, I mean, it's probably the perfect word. You put it in a little box and you say, okay, I'm here for the music. I'm only looking at his music. Everything else, he's a piece of shit person. I don't know. But um, yeah, well, I mean, that's how I deal with it. Well, like take somebody like James Gunn. Yeah. Okay. We we know his story and what happened with him with Disney and everything. And but that's almost a little. Again, this is all a matter of opinion and how you perceive things. But I mean, I would be lying to you, Kevin, if I said that at some point in my life I said something that was completely outlandish or inappropriate just for the sake of a reaction. I didn't necessarily mean it. Maybe I was going for the cheap joke. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But but I know this about myself. I, I care the shit that comes out of my mouth on a daily basis. And I really do these days try not to offend anybody, you know. And I know I have um, colorful views on things sometimes or whatever. But, you know, I, I try to be a good person at the, at the end of the day. But, yeah, if, I'm sure you maybe even be able to say the same thing about yourself if you really oh, took a deep dive. I there is could. something <laughs> Right. There is something that you has, have said, right or wrong. Or even if it was your true opinion, you know, you know what I'm getting at, mm -hmm. where you'd be like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you know, I yep. <laughs> can't take that one back. It's out there now. And I know I have that. That shit scares the hell out of me. Cancel culture, because like when I first was figuring out, I've never I've never been one for like um like racist kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I just mm -hmm. I don't get it. And that's a whole other thing to talk about. But it's just it's just doesn't work for me. But at the same time, I know it's weird to say but on something like that. But you take um. <laughs> Like Eddie Murphy, for instance. We talk about that sometimes on the show, too. You know, you take that that delirious routine. There is a ton of shit that he should not be <laughs> saying on that that just yep. doesn't translate anymore. That said, I love that and would watch it again. And I'm just able to go, okay, 
And I know a lot of people can't do this. Some people are just like cut and dry. Like, oh, those words came out of his mouth. Done. I'm not that way. I feel that we are products of our environment. And at that time, right or wrong, there were things that were socially acceptable that are not, they're no longer socially acceptable. So if you're, yes, maybe you're, you're treading the line a little bit. You're, you know what I mean? And even crossing the line sometimes, it really depends on generations. If that was acceptable at the time, choose to like it or not like it, but you can't fault the guy for trying to make a living and, and not truly meaning anything by it, but just sort of being the controversial comic that he was, if that makes sense. That's how I feel about that. Makes complete sense. Who would you want to direct your biopic Ooh, or biopic? How, how, how do you, number one, how do you pronounce it? Is it biopic I heard you guys, or is it biopic? I heard you guys talking about that on the uh, scene. I say biopic. Biopic sounds weird to me. It sounds like you're, you're, <laughs> So that's how using, I pronounce it. <laughs> you say biopic? Yeah, I say biopic. I have no idea how you pronounce it, though. Is it biopic? I, I seem to recall it being said, like, I, I feel like I've heard that before, like the biopic of Ray Charles. Or I mean, the, you know like what I mean? GIF versus GIF? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, GIF versus GIF. I personally will always go with biopic until someone goes, no, idiot, it's biopic, and here's the proof. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like when people say bio, it, you know what? No, I, I do feel that way. It sounds weird, but it's not enough to really trigger me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, but yeah, biopic, I think is what I'll go with. And I'll probably be in the minority. Um, who would I want to do my biopic? Wow. That's a, I don't even know if I want that biopic made. Now it sounds weird to me. Now I'm saying biopic and it sounds weird. My bio, I'm going with that. Okay. My bio film. Um, Definitely not Tarantino. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I think that I would go, you know what I would do? Because I would like it to be lighthearted, funny, but still show some a lot of the dark stuff. I think I'd have to go Waititi. Ah. There's just something about that guy. I know that's not his thing to be doing by biopics, biopics, but I love that man. <laughs> I really do. He's such I feel, a tremendous person, it seems. I feel like he was put here on earth for you and me and the world. And like, <laughs> you know, who knows what he's like in his real life. But there's just something that's that like there's this f- form of, for lack of a better term, like this form of goodness that radiates off of that man. And he has taken things like, say, in my opinion, I never liked Thor, the original Thor movie or the Thor 2 movie. But and I tolerated him in the Avengers, but he was able to take him and turn him into something special. And that stayed with him, you know, and I love Jojo Rabbit. I love what we do in the shadows and God, what we do in the shadows. So fantastic. It's so brilliant, dude. It's so brilliant. And uh, by the way, the new season comes out. I believe it's on the 15th or the 18th. It's coming really quickly. Dude. The 15th tomorrow. Oh, it might. Uh, it might be. It it's might coming be. very soon. Don't hold Sweet. me to it, but it's coming very quick. I've seen the trailer, and I know it's coming in the next like week or two. But um, yeah, I think just for the sake of, of humor, and you know, I, I'm I'm a visual humor guy. There's that's why a lot of people don't get jokes <laughs> I do sometimes because it's all worked out in my head and it's funny as shit. But if I can't get that message to you, you may not get the joke. I feel like he's really good at doing that kind of stuff and getting that weird. Oh, I see what he's saying because it's a visual thing too, and and I just think that's the that's my long yeah. answer for Taika Waititi. That's that's a really good answer. I like that. Not that I, I really have a choice in your biopic or biopic, but uh, um, not necessarily. We could talk. <laughs> I'm open to negotiations. You got better ideas? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Is there a film that you watch either early on in life or later on in life that has kind of scarred you? Or a particular scene of a film that has kind of scarred you for life. 
Yes. And I don't know if you'll please, because this question, dude, is such a good question. I have a great answer for you, but I at least want to give the, the time when it came out. And maybe okay. you've seen this, so I won't be long. I'm talking. I'm going to keep talking the entire time. This was a foreign film that I saw, and I'll give you the date of when I, you know, when it came out and everything in just a moment. But um, Gail and I rented my wife Gail and I rented this movie. We were really into like for, foreign films, and it came out in '92. Now here it is. It is called Liolo. Have you er, ever heard of Liolo? Liolo? No, I have not. <laughs> I'll just give you the premise because it really. It's just, it says a young Leo Lazone is torn between two worlds, the squalid Montreal tenement that he inhabits with his severe, dysfunctionally, and largely insane family, and the imaginative world that he constructs for himself through his writings. So that says nothing. <laughs> this movie, I don't even remember the entire movie, Kevin, but what I do remember was this kid, his name was Leolo, and he'd always go, I'm Leolo Lazzoni, and he, he, would do, he would say that before he would do some weird shit. And there's this one scene... It's, oh, God, it's so weird that you talked about this because I literally like to answer your question. Did it scar me? Yes, because I fucking thought about this yesterday for no reason other than like when I, you know, I cringed when I thought about it. There's this scene where he's talking about how he used to run with this, you know, like the, you know, the tough kids, the the bad kids. He'd run with them. And there is this one point in the movie where they have this cat and it's a live cat, which really freaked me out. There's no like they had to get this cat in this position where it's basically uh, uh spread eagled if you will and tied down okay <laughs> and they basically rape this cat why they're, they're little kids they're little kids and i'm not saying kids will be kids but that's what happens in this movie and not only that would scar you <laughs> yeah and, and you're a cat guy too huh sorry about that yeah i <laughs> like oh my god it's horrid it, dude it really now. was <laughs> that movie, yeah, that, and what really got me about that, and I know it didn't happen, of course, but they were able to make the cat go, like, at the right time, and the, the look on the cat's face and shit, and I don't remember a single thing else about that movie except for that, but I watched the whole thing, but I was so fucked up after that, and I saw this, like, I, I think I saw it in, like, 92 or 93, stays with me to this day, and then the other one would be the movie Kids. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I dude. saw that early on, yeah. That shit was just a little bit too real. And, you know, quite frankly, yes, things change with generations, but I, I think it's very, it's still very true. You know what I mean? Like these things are happening every day. Oh, yeah. And uh, that movie really bugged me out. I thought it was a very well done movie. It was super controversial. It is definitely not for everybody. And there are things in that movie that I would rather not have seen. But that movie had its place in time. And, uh, but, and it really, really stuck with me. Like I just, there's just certain things that still make me cringe to this day. Yeah. That, that movie, I, I remember watching that the first time and I was just like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh huh. I think, <laughs> and, I think as a parent, it made it worse as I got older. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Definitely does. <laughs> yeah. I got a 16 year old daughter, man, and I wouldn't let her near any of those fools. <laughs> it's oh. just, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Ter- it was a great and terrible movie at the same time. Yeah. Oh man, I I always my my particular scene that I always call out is um, uh, in Never Ending Story. Um. Oh, okay. That yeah, film, that movie's, that's a mind fuck in itself. That movie. Artax, the 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 horse. He oh. just, when he in in, in the swamps of sadness or was yes. swamps of sadness, yeah, he just basically gives up. I mean, uh-huh. he just is. And you have a Treyu that's just they're sitting there pulling him out, and it's like, "Come on, Artax, no, let me." And, and yeah, and, and he just gives up. 
and he I mean, he's just going to die. And he just completely, I mean, it's just the complete lack of caring, just not wanting to move, not wanting to go on. And that one, that scene itself, I think is, is scarred. It's the one I always bring up and I don't think I'll ever find a, as a kid. Now, of course, like when you say other movies, Later on in life, when you yeah, look it's at no, it, it's no Leolo. <laughs> yes, there's, there's exactly. cats being raped in it. Oh my god, yeah, horrible. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever watch that one. Please don't, <laughs> please don't. I, I, I can tell you with great assurance that no one wants to see this movie. It's just something that we happen to watch because we were trying to broaden our horizons and watch more foreign <laughs> films. And I regret every fucking minute of that movie. Oh, so favorite cartoon or TV theme song? Ooh, that's a good one. Bonus points if you can sing it. Okay. Um, Jesus, man. Uh, God, you're asking good questions, Kevin. I should probably have quicker answers for you. I apologize because, you know, silence on a oh. podcast is never good. Oh, um, no. It makes you think a little bit. Yeah. It's all the things out there. Oh, God. Um, I mean, while you're thinking, I mean, I could think of like DuckTales or Darkwing Duck. I mean, cartoon-wise. Um, I... Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. I mean, those were cartoons of my youth. So, see, I'm uh, old as fuck. I got like Scooby Doo. Where are you? Well, Scooby Doo. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's a good one. But I would not say it's my favorite. I've, you know, for some reason, my my brain is taking me back to the '80s. Okay. Where you know, and um, songs like Facts of Life kicking. Oh yeah. You know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have Kevin, the Facts of Life. Um, you know, that was a good one. I liked the theme, the theme from, um, silver spoons and family ties was another good one. Family ties is the perfect. Yeah. We were, uh, and they, they added something special to that as the seasons progressed because before it used to be show me that smile again. And it would just be the guy singing. That's my singing voice right there. Kevin, hope you like it. Oh, that's, isn't that growing pains? What did I say? What did I just tell you? Fact, say fact, you, you said uh, family ties. Family ties. I apologize. Growing pains. I'm sorry. They all run together. But yes, that's still. I'm still talking about the right show. I just had it under the. No, I wasn't a big Family Ties guy. That was okay. I could sing that one too, <laughs> by the way. But that one's a little more, a little more uh, smooth, jazzy, though. You know what I mean? Like, what would we well, do, think, baby, without us? Yeah. Later on, what growing pains? They what? Wasn't it? first it was just some like the guy singing and then yeah. didn't they add in a duet yeah i think it's like season two they had to spruce it up a little bit and then she's like oh show me that smile <laughs> 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 yeah i'm thinking that's my smooth jam right there so i'm going with that that is a good one growing pains baby man mike siever gosh Kirk that was a Cameron great show. before he was crazy I really liked that show a lot, man. I did too. I liked it a lot. And and they covered some really good good topics at the time and it was kind of like the birthplace of uh Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio as well. Mhm. Yeah. And then also um I don't think I am I mixing my shows up again? I don't think I am. Towards the end, didn't they have a like a younger girl come on, young blonde girl? Yeah. And she was actually in Avengers. She had like a real small part in Avengers and they thought that she was yes. going to go she was going to go someplace with that. Like she'd be in the MCU later and nothing. Because happened. she, is she the one that, um, 
Did she make a comment about Captain America or? Yeah, I think, think. She, I think she did. But she was like, I think she worked in a diner or something like yes, that. Or? You're right. You, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Correct. And literally, that's the only other time I've ever seen her. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the girl from, <laughs> you know, from freaking Growing Pains. And I don't really know why she's there. She was kind of like Cousin Oliver in Brady Bunch. She just showed up all of a sudden. <laughs> just showed up. How the fuck did you get here? <laughs> yeah, that was a great show, though, man. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I am still. I wish I could find that somewhere. I've been rewatching because, like Brian and Pop Culture Leftovers over at PCL, he had been. He's on a Family Matters kick. Yeah, um, I, I rewatched all of like Saved by the Bell, and then I found like California Dreams on YouTube and all those like Saturday morning NBC cartoons or or, or shows. Um, so I rewatched all of California Dreams, and then I'm now rewatching. All of Full House. <laughs> I, Do you like the the new version, Fuller House or whatever? I, I'm not. I mean, I've watched it all. It's just it's not the same, and it tries a little too hard. I mean it it's it's a lot more self. I mean it's self aware. I mean they they wink at the camera sometimes. Yeah, they, very meta. I mean, they're they're very aware. I mean fourth wall breaking a couple of times and it, it's i not the biggest fan of it i've watched it all so that probably says something um that i spent all that time to watch it but i don't think anything can replace the the original i'm actually very jealous of the fandom of full house because it was um you know how like when you're younger particularly like when you're let's say preteen a few years, six years can make a big difference in what you're into versus oh, yeah. what someone else is into. So oh, yeah. just during that time, I think I was busy chasing girls or something, or, you know, I think I was more oh, yeah. interested in like girls and I just, I didn't really watch it, but it's, it's so beloved that I really, I, you know, yes, I could go back and watch it, but I don't think it's going to hit the same way. Uh, no, it probably won't. You know what I mean? It like really a, a case in point, like Brian, he was also uh, watching Punky Brewster. Yeah. And I get the genuine love for these shows, but it was just, it was another one that I was like, it was on. I saw my sister watching it, but I never really paid that much attention to it. So I'm a little jealous of that. I've got, I've got some great shows that I love, but that era right there, that and like Saved by the Bell and all those kind of shows, you know, coming home from uh, school and watching like uh, G.I. Joe or Mm -hmm. uh, Thundercats or, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. I missed a lot of that, even though it was on my radar, I missed it. I'm jealous, quite honestly. (laughs) It was good shit that I missed. Yeah, it was a lot of good shit, but like stuff like Saved by the Bell, it, upon rewatch, ah, there's a lot of problematic stuff in that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Solid. Those the early '90s, man. I don't know. <laughs> I I think you could just pretty much go backwards from now, and there's lots of problematic things in it. Uh, you want a real? I don't. Again, I'm sort of dating myself here, but you want a real mind fuck? Go back. Did you ever watch the Little Rascals? I, I've seen a few things. I've I, seen a few movies or whatever, but yeah. I haven't watched it religiously. Well, I think, but. I think the only reason that I was watching Little Rascals, it wasn't like it was like, hey, gather around, Little Rascals is on, because that's some old stuff. We're talking like the 30s. <laughs> but I remember there was a significant amount of time where my grandmother was babysitting me, and we had, uh, I think it was like TBS. So there was just this point in time every day where Little Rascals would come on, and I got into it, and I watched like all of them. There was a few things that kind of, sort of popped on my radar at a young age, but I didn't really think about it until later. That is one racist show, dude. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. That is crazy racist. I'll just give you one example and then I'll just leave it at that because I really was like, wow, I, I, uh, 
I don't know if I appreciate like I loved the little rascals. And then you go back and like, and it wasn't these kids' fault. It was the people that were making it. They it were just reading the, the script. Writers, yeah. Exactly. They were just these kids were just there to to and they were great little performers. You know, I mean, like I really won't take it away from the little rascals. And you can see these all on uh, Amazon Prime if you're ever curious to see what I'm talking about. They're great. They're really smart, but they're just heavily racist. And I don't even think it was as intentional as it was. I I don't know if it was intentional, if that makes any sense, just because that's how everyone's mindset was back then. But there's this one scene. It's all in black and white, mind you. So the character, Buckwheat, they are they are uh, making a birthday cake. It's all the kids are at grandma's house and they're all fucking the house up, making this birthday cake, throwing shoes into it and whatever, <laughs> what have you, you know, cause you gotta give it a little kick and whatever. Oh, yeah. I, think I think that's more Willy Wonka, but you see my point. Um, <laughs> but the kitchen gets hot and, and Buckwheat's like, I sure am hot. Actually, he said, I show is hot. Cause that's how we talk. And he, he grabbed, he uh, wipes the sweat from his forehead and like flicks it on the wall and the sweat is black. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. It's never anything I noticed as a kid. I was just like, oh, he must be dirty. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I remember seeing that afterwards. And that kind of messed me up for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, can't really. Getting back to the question you were talking about, about, like, where do you kind of jump off of a show for whatever reason? I'm not sure I feel comfortable watching the little rascals anymore. And granted <laughs> this, this isn't a problem for anyone of age now, like, you know, like running around these days. Cause no one gives a fuck about the little rascals, but it's <laughs> something that I felt kind of like close to because my grandma always made me watch it. And I guarantee you, she didn't catch any of this shit because it was more like, Hey, little rascals are on. I'm trying to, go out back and have a cigarette and talk with my friend. <laughs> so watch the fucking little rascals kid. And that's where it came from. <laughs> Yo, wow. I, I did not know that, but yeah, yeah. Wow. it was an eye opener. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Uh, suggest a film for us to watch uh, any genre that we probably don't know about or have never seen. Okay. Not really a question, more of a, Hey, do it. But <laughs> I feel bad because I always give the same answer. So I'll have to think of something different this time. But I have so much love for the movie. I, I know oh, you know. What I'm talking go, about. go, go with that. Go with that answer. Hey, fuck it. I'm doing it. Guys, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. Uh, not for everything he does. I'm not really into the whole banjo stuff he does now. But back in the day, the old classic Steve Martin with the, you know, when he'd go out on stage and play his banjo because he did play it back then. But he'd have like the arrow on his head and mm-hmm. wild and crazy guy. Or he'd have the bunny ears on. I loved all that stuff. I grew up on it. But a movie that is very dear to my heart. I could not tell you how many times I've seen this movie. Can tell you I can pretty much recite every single line at the right time in this movie. I still get all the jokes. In fact, I watch these movies still to this day and I still get something out of it because there's so many. It's so brilliantly done. And uh, the movie I'm talking about is called The Jerk. It was, <laughs> I, it was uh, I don't know if it was Steve Martin's first movie. I think it was. But it tells the story of this guy named Navin R. Johnson, who is this, uh, he's this white kid that was left on a black family's doorstep. And he grows up thinking, because he's not a smart guy, that he is basically going to turn black one day. And when that doesn't happen, he realizes that there's a bigger world out there for him. So he has to go. And, you know, what? again, getting back to what we were saying, some of these jokes probably are a little on the uh, racy side, too. No pun intended on that. But um, it's the 70s. And I'm sure that that's I, I'm just I just know that that's what's in there. But um, this movie's not like a racist type of a movie, but it is very funny how they use that. The element of like being being the wrong race and, and thinking that you're going to change one day and it doesn't happen. But this guy goes out into the world and basically makes his fortune 
uh, gets super famous, gets super popular, super, super rich, and then loses it all because of an invention he makes that has a, a no one tested and it has like a uh, negative after effect that um, causes him to lose everything. It is hilarious. It's a timeless movie and it's just some of the best. The, the jokes still hit and it's it's fantastic. It's really dear to my heart. And it's the, I think the reason that I like that movie so much is because my dad and I, that was the movie that we would always watch together. He took me to the theater uh, to see it. When it came out on video, we would just sit there and watch it on Saturday afternoons. We would you know, recite the lines to each other and everything. And when my dad passed, it was like, um, you know, you start kind of taking you're, – you're like taking inventory of little things that, that remind you of your past mm-hmm. parent. You know? And that was one of them that just stood out. So even though I loved this movie my entire life, when my dad passed, that was one of the things that I really locked onto. And I watched the movie. And if, this time I wasn't laughing. I was just bawling my head off. But once I got over that – this movie just became something even that much more special to me. So if I could recommend any movie to you right now, I would recommend you watch the jerk. It's fantastic. I, that's a perfect answer because I mean, it's, it's a great movie and your answer has, I mean, history behind it. So, I mean, that's, I, you might you might give the answer a lot, but it's a perfect answer, honestly. I, you know, yeah, thank you. I just I try to sell this movie to everyone because it's sometimes a hard sell to go back that far and watch a movie. Some people don't like doing that kind of thing, but and I'm not saying everyone that watches it is going to be like he was right because obviously I've got loyalty to this movie and and it, it affects me in different ways. But I do think it is a movie worth watching if you like that kind of comedy of good classic Steve Martin. That's the way to go. That's the one movie out of all the Steve Martin movies that I think someone should watch if they really want to know what he was about back then. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, switching gears again. Um, you like to cook. I know this. I do very much so. Yes. So there's just, I, I just have a few food questions here. Um, this one is, I, I pretty much ask every single time I do this uh-huh. because I'm always interested in this. What is your favorite French fry condiment? You know, these de- okay, you're not a ketchup guy, right? No, I, I, I don't like ketchup. Yeah, you despise ketchup. I remember you talking about that at some point. <laughs> um, well, I do like ketchup, but these days I'm into aiolis. Ah. Uh, like, I'm really into sweet potato fries for some reason these days. I like mm-hmm. I like all fries, man. It's a, it's a fried potato. How can you go wrong with salt on it? You can't go wrong. But <laughs> I've just really gotten into sweet potato fries lately. And um, where did I go to get some really – I'm giving a, I'm going to give a plug on a – what's the name of that place? Lazy Dog. You heard of that? Do you have a Lazy Dog where you're, where you're at where you can no. like bring your dogs to the patios and stuff? It's still clean and cool, but it's, a, it's like a pet-friendly restaurant. And they have these amazing sweet potato fries. And they have this uh, – it's like a garlic pesto aioli that they serve with it, and it is—it's just so on point. So yeah, I'd have to say my favorite condiment for fries right now are aiolis versus or ketchup, but I'm gonna go aiolis because it sounds a little more classy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta class it up a little bit. You gotta put some I'm, class in. Exactly. I'm straight mayo. You know, back in the day, I would have probably like shamed you or something like that, but <laughs> but I'm into mayo now. Like, do you ever have any of like? You go to a lot of concerts. I don't know if this is a thing where you're from, but I'm in California and it's everywhere. After a concert, you walk out and there's always like these Hispanic people that are around. They have these little carts and they're making these street dogs. Have you ever had a street dog? I have had a street dog, the, and we, but we don't have that around here. Dude, it's like it's a big thing. Like it just got to my city. I'm like, oh, fantastic. And then, of course, this all shut down. But right after walking out of the Tool <laughs> concert, I'm like, it has finally arrived. I'll, I love these things. 
anyway, they put mayo on though on there, and um, I was always thinking that was like just the weirdest thing to me. Mayo's great on everything. Who who are we fooling here? It is. I I, I for fries, I just add a little pepper, fresh fresh cracked pepper, onto some mayo. Dip your fries in it. I think it's perfect. Makes a lot of sense. And really, aioli is just a bunch of mayo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it really is. I mean, yeah. So you've already got that down. So yeah, I I am a big mayo guy. Um, probably will always be. I mean, it's it's a from everything I've been ever told, it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty northern thing, a Canadian slash northern United States thing for mayo on fries. Well, according to Pulp Fiction, they put that shit on everything in France, but I don't know anything <laughs> about that. But that was the first time it was ever on my radar. I was like, oh, that sounds disgusting. But no, man, I'm all about the the mayo now. I'm Sweet. fully conf- I'm fully changed, man. I, give me mayo. I'll, I'll, I'm going to no more ketchup for me, Kevin. It's all mayo from now on. And what I've also been doing, I putting I've been putting a lot of like um, uh, horseradish, like shrimp, co- like cocktail sauce. OK, on fries lately. Just I don't know why. Around? Flirting I don't know why. It? Yeah, just flirting with it. It's really good. But I like a lot of horseradish, though. So, See, I don't like horseradish. I won't have it with prime rib or anything. I'm Ooh, surprised I, I like wasabi because there's sort of that similar taste, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, I, I just have never been one for horseradish. I don't know what it is. I can never. There can never be too much horseradish for me. Good to know. Like Whatever, it opens, uh, up, opens up the sinuses. It feel, I mean, it's great. If we ever go out to dinner and we both have horseradish, you can have mine. <laughs> sweet that's what Score. i do for you buddy <laughs> all right so speaking of dinner um you've been sentenced to death i not a good thing no never is we don't we don't want dan ramirez to die um but it's time to select your last meal Ooh. what do you choose as your last meal okay it's gonna be steak and it's gonna be lobster but the yes. steak don't give me some piece of shit steak like you gotta you got to sear that thing. You got to cook it to a perfect medium rare and you got to sear it. So you got to reverse sear it. You cook it first, then you reverse sear it, brown it. You got to sear it with butter and garlic and rosemary and thyme and just baste the shit of that thing until it's perfect, right? So I'll have that. And then I will have like the best, fullest lobster tail that I've ever had before with, uh, oh, by the way, the steak has to have compound butter on it too, man. So I okay. want like maybe some garlic, a little bit of sriracha, and as gross Ooh, as it sounds, that just, would be just, no, that would be good. Oh no, the sriracha is fine, but a lot of people trip out on this until they taste it. Add a little bit of sardine to the butter. I know that sounds crazy, but it's freaking awesome. Someone huh. turned, someone told, uh, they turned me on to how to make compound butter, and that was the first thing I did. So I'm kind of partial to my own uh, menu, if you will. But yeah, so the lobster, and at that point, honestly, you can pretty much give me any sides you want. Throw in some. I don't care what kind of vegetable you give me. Just make it good. Uh, maybe some mashed potatoes. <laughs> Definitely mashed potatoes. And uh, yeah, like every single dessert I've ever loved to. Like, fuck it. If you're going for it, right? Oh, yeah. Just give, you're just give me, it. yeah, every single thing. I don't care. Pour some Red Hots on there or something like that. I don't care. <laughs> and then what are, what are you drinking, though? Oh, gosh. Well, it is the last time that I'll be drinking. So I would probably go with, I don't usually do mixed drinks, but I'm thinking, Screw it. Let's ride this one all the way out. Maybe just a bunch of kamikazes. Ooh. 
Nice. Just go in, just fully loaded. You know, <laughs> those <laughs> things are dangerous, man. Kamikazes were very bad oh, for me. Oh man, Ooh. these things taste so great. They can't be bad for me. Glunk, 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 glunk. Next thing I know, I'm like, How, why am I lying in my own throw up? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's reasons why I don't drink alcohol, and that's yeah. one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's been time tested that it usually has some kind of bad effect to someone. <laughs> be it vomiting or a hangover or what have you. Yes. All right, the pandemic is over. Okay, cool. great. Woo-hoo, yay. Um, restaurants have now opened back up, and they're open back up to dining inside. Where? What is the first restaurant you go to? Oh, good. Uh, you know what? This is very local, but there is this little Mexican food place down the street that I have been dying to go to. And I'm weird. There are some, like, just a little bit of backstory. I'll, t- I'll deal with what's going on right now, and I'll take the food out with the cart, you know, the little uh, styrofoam carton and all that stuff and bring mm-hmm. it back to my house to eat. I always feel like something gets lost. I don't <laughs> know if it's like excess steam on your food or whatever. You know what I mean? It just doesn't mm-hmm. taste the same as eating it in the restaurant. There's well, this that's, that's true, I think. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's always just a not as great. But there's this place called Toledo's that's right down the street from my house. And I love this place. I've been eating there since I was a kid. It's not the same place anymore. They've they've gotten bigger and branched out, but they have the best Mexican food. Food, rather. Uh, I don't know why I'm having trouble talking today, but the best Mexican food. And uh, I will definitely be going there first. Best, like, uh, do you know what albondigas are? No. It's basically like a meatball soup. Mexican soups always kind of have the same base. They're always like, you know, um, celery, carrot, garlic. They'll probably throw a bay leaf in there or something like that. But these they they make they're called albondigas and they're just these meatballs that are and I've made this before too and they're they're great. You should try it sometime. It's, they're basically like rice within the meatball, ah. and it's just this amazing vegetable soup. So that and then they have like the best enchiladas ever. So I'll probably end up going there. I I'm really jealous of you guys out there uh, where you are and and the food that you have access Dude, to. <laughs> it's crazy the amount of Mexican food we have in California. That, I would probably, I mean, I'm already about 50 pounds overweight. I would probably be 100 pounds overweight if I lived out there. I can tell you with like serious accuracy, that's how it is. Because ever since this all started, like I've just, you know, there's certain places that are still open or you can get it delivered to you. Or there's a place, another great place that's right up the street from my house. It's a mobile place called 559 Street Tacos. And they make the most amazing queso tacos you've ever had. It's basically just like a, like a regular taco, but it's got like barbacoa in it. Oh man! And then uh, they this place is phenomenal, dude. They put you know it's just cheese, which is normal, but then they fry them a certain way, and then you they give you something called a consomme, and you dip it in that. And of course, all of their sauces and everything is just so good. They kind of blow away that place I was just talking about. But as far as like a restaurant environment goes, that's where I like to go. But those two places, they're keeping me probably like I'd say I've probably gained. I'm pretty close to I'd say seven eight pounds at this point. I'm trying to take it off. <sighs> right now yeah i i'm right there i gosh i i'm telling you i'm telling you i don't move these days and can't i mean i was going to the gym there for a while and i had just got back on it and i had gone for like three or three to four straight weeks and then c2e2 happened and then this happened <laughs> all yeah. everything shutting down gym shutting down everything and now i haven't been to a gym for a while and i'm feeling it now I'm just eating everything and again if i lived out there god i mean because i love my tacos and i love my burritos <laughs> oh dude 
tortas, all that stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> and just within like a three mile radius, I have like probably six amazing restaurants that have just awesome tacos, carne asada, just all that stuff that, you know, most people get some version of the further east you go, but it's never quite the same unless you're in California, man. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I was I was out in Orange County, um, California a few years ago for work. And even I mean, oh, that's even probably even better over there because the closer you get towards Mexico, you have. You know, you've got the kind of people that are there and cooking yep. that way, and and uh, L.A. dude, Southern California. That's like it's like the that I would say that's the mecca for tacos, to be honest. Yeah, with you. and and I, I mean, I had some really great stuff, and then I'm supposed to be out in San Diego um, later this year, and if if things turn around, and I'm hoping to 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 get some good food then. But man, I. Again, I, I'm always jealous of that out there because I love that Mexican food. We're all going to die a little faster, but I think it's worth it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some of this food will stop your damn heart if you eat too much of it. But oh, it's, yeah. it's it's oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, what is the strangest gift you've ever received? <laughs> this is terrible. Um, love my mother-in-law to death. She is the worst gift giver on the face of the <laughs> earth. <laughs> And, uh, like she used to be on point too, man. I, I don't ask for a lot. Like, I'll, you know, I don't, I don't want you to spend a lot of money on me. If you plan on it, I'll take a, give me like a gift card. I'll go take care of myself. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'll take a nice sweater, scarf. I like to dress nice. You know what I mean? Some shoes. Uh, and now there, in her defense, there was more that came with this, but it was equally weird. Uh, chattering teeth on Christmas, you know, the ones you wind up. Oh, okay. I'm a grown ass man, Kevin. I'm like, you know, thirty-eight years old. I'm not a, magi- a magician. Um, I'm not carrot top. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, thanks. <laughs> you know what do you say? <laughs> like, I, if Gail was in here right now and heard me say this, she'd probably go, "Damn!" But she wouldn't disagree with me. <laughs> she would not disagree with me. Yeah, I, that my mother-in-law is fucking awesome. Worst gifts ever. <laughs> she's, it's crazy it's like it's a like a weird birth defect or something like she just does not know how to do that properly like, i mean i wonder like what she really did think I, you were gonna do with them i don't know i mean there was no rhyme <laughs> or reason for it it wasn't like okay i know you like really old comedy and bad magicians and carrot top so i thought i was going to include you in this and maybe see if you can start off on your own little adventure no it was just like but the other weird thing was, it's like, you know, my kid, oh, sweet. Thanks, grandma. hundred bucks. Whatever. Here's the newest video game. <laughs> I get it. They're grandkids. You know, you got you to gotta take care of them. But hitting, like, ticking all the boxes for them. You wanted this? I listened to you. I, and first of all, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm half jesting. Because honestly, when it comes to Christmas, I'm grateful with, you know, for whatever. Oh, someone yeah. thinking oh, of yeah. me is very nice. Just to be, just to put that out there. But I'm like, sweet. Ooh, the kid got this. Uh-oh. Wife got something <laughs> cool. Like, oh, that's nice, babe. I like that. That's going to look really good on you. Here we go. Oh, it's a bag. It's a small bag. Open it up. Chattering teeth. <laughs> just. <laughs> wah, 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 you know. <laughs> It's just like thanks, and yeah, chattering teeth. We, that's still we, that's still talked about in this house. <laughs> it makes for a good story. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, so last two questions here. Okay. 
What is one thing that makes your day better that someone can do for you? This is a family show? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it real simple answer. Expli- <laughs> it is marked explicit. So yeah, very simple answer. No. Um, you know, honestly, this is this, this might sound self-serving, but I'm trying to be real and I'm trying to use it as a sort of a um, like a general answer. Something that I guess I could say that these days, being that we're sort of trapped inside and 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 um, sort of secluded, definitely secluded. You know, I'm recording all the time, or recording more than we normally would, or and or, or putting a little more effort into the show, what have you. Mm-hmm. But it's always cool, like when someone that I don't know finds us, or or. Um, Maybe some, you know, because we're, I don't ever want to use words like affiliate. Everyone's sort of cross-branded, you know, our leftover army. We're all sort of cross-branded. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all do each other's shows and things like yeah. that. And no, so if somebody comes over from another show or, or that normally listens to, say, like PCL, and they're like, hey, I heard you on there once before or anything like that, I'm cool with a compliment. That's fine. What I would always blows my mind is um, it's not an ego thing, by the way. It's just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Is like when you hear like, hey, man, I was I was going through it kind of, you know, I'm going through a divorce or maybe my, you know, my kid was kind of sick. Something, there was something negative that was going on in my life and your show was able to like bring me out of that for a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's I, it's oh, not, yeah. a, it is not an ego thing with me. For me, you know, we do this because we love talking to each other. We're just really good friends that love talking to each other. We make each other laugh and, you know, we have common interests and stuff. And we figured, why the hell not do a show? We threw it out there, you know, and, and to, to basically a big abyss and something came back, you know, and it, it kind of slowly builds, as you know. But whenever we get that, and it's few and far between, but when we do get like an email, some of them I've never read before, you know what I mean? But like oh, yeah. this thing was going on in my life and you guys pulled me out of it. And for these reasons, that just blows my mind that we can do something like that. We never set out to do that. You know, we, 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 we just do what entertains us. And when we hit right with somebody that always makes that, that's like, that is the, Biggest day maker I can get, man. Don't get me wrong. There's things that I'd like to see. I'd love to see my family doing well. I'd love to see my kids thriving and all of that. And of course, I could find a, a better answer for you. But lately, because something happened kind of recently, and I won't get into it or anything like that, but it, it was it just blew my mind that these two dumbasses that get on the microphone every week and talk about silliness, kind of just (laughs) constant silliness, you know, was able to pull somebody out of something where they weren't doing very well. So yeah, that, that made my day, man. That made my entire month to be honest with you. It's just, it's just amazing to me because I'm a very, I don't like compliments. I'm not, um, I'm not good at that whatsoever. If someone tells me, Hey, I like you on this show because of this or that I get super, super uncomfortable. It's just, I've never been good at that. I'm not a very secure person, I guess you could say. Um, but when that, when that happens, it just lets me know like, wow, we're, we're doing something right. And we weren't even really trying to, and we pulled somebody out of something and that's awesome when you can do that without even intending to, that's a very powerful thing that happens. So yeah, that, I think that's probably my best answer currently. That is awesome. Yeah, that is, that is I, ho- I certainly hope it doesn't sound, no, you know what I'm saying? Like it's no, not an it ego doesn't. thing. It's not, it doesn't. I, I know exactly what you're saying and, and what you're conveying. That is, a, that is a really good feeling. It is a really good thing to recognize 
And it, it's a really good thing when that you can reach somebody that way. And it, it it's, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's, it's just, I mean, it, it's fantastic when, when that happens. And yeah, it's, it's I've had, I've had a couple of people reach out to me a couple of times, just a couple of times for certain things. And it, it's, it's always a weird feeling, but it's one of those that, Hey, I'm glad I could do something for you. Yes. That would make you feel better. I mean, it, not an ego, like you said, not an ego thing. It's just, it's just a good feeling that you could help someone in some way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, everyone has a certain frequency that they're on. And if you can tap into that frequency and, and you know, improve something, just be it, even if it's just a moment of their day. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. There's just something very powerful about that. And uh, it's something that, you know, it hasn't happened a bunch where we it had it's happened several times where people have told us similar things like that. But there's just one in particular that happened and it just really kind of made me go, wow, man, that's that's pretty, pretty fucking awesome. And I'm glad that I could help out. And even though I wasn't there's nothing I can offer you outside of that. And somehow that worked for you. So awesome. You know? Yeah. So the last question and I am I asked this pretty much of everyone as well. I'm stealing this from um, the late James Lipton. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Oh man, it's far too easy, but, uh, it's definitely fuck. And, but there's reasons for it. You know, it's like, fuck is a verb, you know, it's a <laughs> noun. Uh, you can even turn it into an adjective if you're careful and <laughs> you're in your, you know, you can, you can do a lot of things with it. It's, um, you can start sentence with it. You can end sentences with it. It shows that you, it's like a, it's like an exclamation point for sure. You know, it's also the difference between like, making love and you know what i'm saying <laughs> like there's, oh, yeah. there's so oh, many yeah. different things you know some people make love other people's fuck right but um no i it, that's just the most universal word you don't uh, you don't have to get too creative but if you are creative with it you can really do something special <laughs> with your senses i say it far too much i really try <laughs> i really try to um obviously like i can go to work and not say that word but Sometimes I say it to the point where it's like, wow, am I, am I talking like a child right now? Like, I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's, it's got like a little bit of a negative to it too, but, uh, I love that word. I think it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of the very few words that is, it can be adapted in so many different ways. Yeah. Totally. And, I mean, it is a, I mean, it's in that, and that makes it a perfect word. It's a perfect word. Noun, verb, adjective, turn it into an adverb, turn it into a, a gerund. I mean, turn it into whatever. I mean, you could turn it into just about anything. And it feels good it, to say. Yes, it does. And, and it's not just because it's a it's a quote unquote bad word. It's a curse word. It's it, it, it just one of those. It's there's, it rolls. I mean, just right off the tongue. Fuck. I yeah. mean. I mean, like, I'm really good at saying it, Kevin. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to brag. I just told you I'm not the most secure person, but I'm super awesome at saying it. just want you to know. <laughs> One of the best. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the end of the 20 questions. I mean, we've we've finished that. I mean, it's we've been going over two hours. Wow. And, Did not feel like it. And so I appreciate you coming on, sir. I mean, taking your time out of your schedule, um, coming on, nobody asked you, Kevin tonight. Um, 
I want you, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you again, whether it's on Twitter, wherever they can find you and in, in your shows. Because I, I am I am a big Heroes of Noise fan, and I just said your podcast anyways, even though you, I wanted you to say it. But <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> go ahead well thank you very much and and just to answer you i didn't want to cut you off the pleasure is all mine i've been wanting to record with you for a while and i know we've like there's a couple times where we were like on the same podcast maybe we didn't talk too much and then of course you came on our hundredth uh and we talked a little bit but i'm looking forward to this for your listeners because you will be on our show this week we're going to be talking to you and yes. that'll be out on friday so where can you find the show you, it's called heroes of noise podcast you can just look up heroes of noise we're on apple you know, I think Stitcher still exists. We're probably on that too, but Spotify, Pandora, we're pretty much wherever you can find a podcast is where you're going to find us. Um, you can go to our website, www.heroesofnoise.com, and there you're going to find our show. You're going to find our old show, The Word. You're going to find shows of our friends that are down there and, uh, you know, everything that a website entails, it'll all be there. It's, it's because it's a website and that's what we do there. But um, yeah, it's a week. We're roughly once a week show. We try to do it weekly. We usually hit that mark just fine, but we're actually trying to do more shows now because of the pandemic and people just being stuck inside a little bit more. And we're two very busy people, but we are somehow managing to get out a little bit more material and we love our listeners. And if you want to listen to a new show and it's something that hits you right, we would be happy to have you as part of our community. So again, the show is called Heroes of Noise and my partner is Steve Hudson. And um, yeah, we really love what we do. So we would love for you to listen. And, and you should tune in for Heroes of Noise because Steve Hudson has a very, <laughs> very, very awesome laugh. Yeah, man, that that uh, I can't compete with that laugh. That's that laugh is <laughs> that laugh is the third host basically of the show. You know, I mean, it's very prominent. It's it's totally real, and it is one of the best laughs you'll ever heard. But yeah. oh, if I may, um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, yeah, we we have that too. You can go to uh, I'm. Dan Q public at Dan Q public and Steve is at S E underscore Hudson music. It's really weird to say because we, every time I say this, there's usually music behind me on the show. So I feel very <laughs> out of place just saying it with no music. It's, I know that sounds weird, but it's all about rhythm with me. Um, but yeah, you can find us there. And of course we're on Facebook and we do have a Facebook podcast community. That's a private group. It's called the heroes of noise podcast community. We'd love to have you there as well. Sweet. Well, again, sir, I thank you for coming on and that two, two, two and a half hours felt like less than an hour to me. So. Seriously, me too, yeah. So, yeah, I will I will catch you next time. And, um, again, thank you very much for coming on, Dan. Thank you, sir. Good talking to you, man. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch. All right, folks, that was Somebody Had to Ask, and that's the end of episode 45. If you want to contact me, find me on Twitter at Forensic Talks Guy or the show at Ask Kevin, A S K E D, Kevin, K E V I N. You can find me on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page. Give it a like. Uh, head over to the um, Nobody Asked You Kevin blog. I have a blog. It's at Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast.blogspot.com. I post things there routinely. I have been posting several pandemic playlists where I have been putting together playlists of artists or songs from certain years, um, songs that I like. So, and there's YouTube links to the videos, there's links to Spotify playlists. I have a hobby of when I see a statement or a phrase or some weird words in the media or social media and the news, I like to think, hey, could that be a band? 
And if I think that would be a cool name for a band, then I try to place that band in a specific genre of music. So my latest post on the blog was something called Fake Band Names, where I come up with a list of like 30 or 40 fake band names of things that I had seen on social media, thing phrases that I've seen in the news, and then I place them in a genre. So go check that out on the blog. Email me at nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com. So that's it. That's how you contact me. And all I've got left to say is, please, please, please stay inside. Social distance if you can. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Please wear a mask. And until next time, my friends, much love to all of you. Wear a mask and wash your hands. Stay safe. Peace.